0: us weirdos have to stick together the show where a couple of weirdos talk all about infinity train my name is nobody and i'm joined by the most wanted criminal on the podcast car it's vivian how are you today vivian
1: uh i mean i you, you've heard that i've been playing at gasha for the last like week so not good i guess <laughs> <laughs> uh, i mean
2: i guess i don't know i mean otherwise it's... perfectly
1: fine because like Hey, remember that story I told, like, a month ago now of, like, the fucking, uh, like, little room cooling unit thing that I had ordered that got stolen because the FedEx driver didn't give a fuck and left the door open and then let somebody enter the building? Mm -hmm. Uh, They messaged me one day being like, oh, hey, sorry, we forgot to give you the tracking for the replacement, and it (laughs) arrived that same day. Uh But I almost had it stolen again because FedEx left it outside, even though they've proven they have access to the building and could leave it inside fortunately i looked at basically around the same time it was delivered so their photo showed it outside so i quickly called the facilities to be like hey they sent another one to replace the one that was stolen can you go and get it inside this it's not just sitting out there because it's definitely gonna be stolen out there yeah and yeah they uh they brought it inside so i have it <laughs> it actually seems like it's at least doing a decent job because it definitely was a little bit noticeably cooler in my unit but obviously it's not as, well, that's nice. it's not as needed at the moment though just because of like you know, it's still May and it's a little chilly at night. I actually bought a space heater earlier today as well because it's been getting chilly enough that I'm like, I'm a little cold and I my unit's still temperature controlled so I can't do shit about that besides buying these two things, I guess.
0: <laughs> I may ask you more about that later because mm-hmm. it is unbelievably hot in here and I can't have the fan on while we're recording. Yeah,
1: I, I can uh, send you the name of what this little thing is. Because like it's obviously not it's obviously not like an AC, but I also don't know. Yeah. I know they ship from California. I don't know if they ship to Canada.
0: Ah, well, that would be an issue. I mean,
1: it, that would be something to look into. I'm not actually sure just off the top of my head.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Also, I don't know if it would get here before I leave Canada anyway.
1: <laughs> but... Yeah. Also, that. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's that's. Good result, I guess. I'm sorry you had so much trouble with
1: it, but it looks Yeah, it it took an extra month, but, you know, (laughs) it's here. Uh, But I was supposed to receive. Well, I mean, I did receive what is called an up bra, which I've talked to before in the Discord of, like, it's a bra that's designed to basically, like, it's really designed for, like, people with ever big boobs to, like, help raise them up, or people with, like, a decent resize size gap between their boobs and it's also really useful mm-hmm. for like people with implants in that regard of like if they're too spaced out you can get one of these kind of things because it'll help close oh, that the gap
0: sounds like a very useful thing Also, yeah
1: it's just that they have like a weird um sizing system where they basically use like a measuring tool that you have on your phone and you basically put it up against your boob, basically to figure out based on their readings there what size you would need and like yeah it was weird typically I wear a 34c but their sizing said to get 34b so I was like I I don't know I'll trust them with this but uh it was not the right size because turns out both the band was too small and the cups were too small oh no the band was too big and the cups were too small that's what it was because like basically my boobs are just filling out of the cups and it's like okay this is too small but also the way it works is that it has like I don't really know how to describe them but like these like little like you know like the bra straps itself they kind of have like those in the middle where like the breastbone basically where you mm-hmm. basically pull them yeah. to along the sides of the uh the cups basically and they have like little like inserts to basically put it there it's basically the base, like more or less like do what you would do where you can like kind of push your boots together with your hands but as part of the bra itself it's just that like basically uh-huh. with that it was not getting them nearly close enough and it was also making the the middle of the band basically point straight outward which is basically when their like help thing is like yeah that indicates that it, the band is too large get a smaller band and also if you're spilling out all over the place you need bigger cups too so i'm sending it <laughs> back to get the 32c and hope that that works if not i guess 32d or 30d <laughs> who knows i'll figure it out eventually that's just gonna take a while because it took like a week and a half to even get here I'm supposed to get here on monday of this week freaking USPS! i don't know what they're fucking doing but it took them three extra days huh. so yeah gonna mail it back out tomorrow hopefully get a new one well i mean i'm gonna get a new one hopefully oh, this one right. works because i, I, <laughs> I want to be va voom <laughs> who doesn't <laughs> yeah, yeah no that's yeah Because <laughs> yeah. I mean like i i've had no problems my boobs obviously i like them ever since i got the surgery it's just that the gap between them is still a little bit much but like that's just because that's how they have to do breast implants. Like they're not gonna like put the implants close to the middle, just, because then like your nipples would basically be like at the outskirts, pointing weirdly outward. In that case, depending on how they're spaced out normally, especially. No, I wanna get the
0: surgery that pushes them in.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Just
0: to scoot them over a little bit, surgery.
1: Yeah, I don't know how you do that. <laughs> I mean, that's not a thing. No, I didn't. You'd have
0: to crush the rib cage. Yeah,
1: that's uh, that's uh, that's gonna be a problem. <laughs> But yeah, but like because of where mine were spaced out, because like even though I don't have the largest chest or anything normally, just from you know going through a certain puberty and all, it's like, well, it still were spaced out a little bit much, so they did what they could with uh, the spacing, but there's still like a good like two or three inches between the titties. That's why I was like, oh, uh, how do I I find a bra that actually works like this? Because like push-up bras really just like kind of just push them up, they don't push them close from what I've experienced. Just, which yep. is still fun and everything, it still makes them look larger, but at the same time it's like, but I want them to actually have cleavage. <laughs> so Oh, I guess that's another thing I'll have to ask you about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that brand is just called Upbra. like literally U-P-B-R-A. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they also ship from California, <laughs> ironically enough. So... <laughs> Yeah,
0: no, I mean that's easy enough. Yeah, I just, I'll, I'll be interested in your experience once you've got yeah. Like, a but way the main, the main
1: thing is that those bras are a bit pricey. I decided to treat myself. <sighs> yeah, I see. Like matter of like eighty dollars, kind of <laughs> pricey for a bra. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's not great. No, <laughs> it's a bit expensive. Just like how this little AC thing was like one eighteen with shipping and handling. I'm pretty sure they also sent, no, well, not, I, I say little AC, I don't know how to best describe it, the little cooler thingy. I'm pretty sure they also sent me, like, a free extra filter of it, because I don't remember ordering an extra. Unless maybe I did, just because I didn't want to to order something else later on in the middle of summer. Because I know the, f- huh. the filter, like I said, lasts for like three to six months, depending on how often you use it. But it's like, I was like being like, basically being like, yeah, that's probably enough for just, for summer, just having the one. But I, I, I forget if I ordered another one, or if they sent it as an apology, but whatever. They're not the ones who are actually responsible for it. It was FedEx who yeah. well, fucking got it lost, and the guy that stole it is responsible. I don't know why they actually decided to take it upon themselves. Probably just easier for them to be like, well, if if they or if we send them another one, then they'll actually be ordering the filters from us, so that keeps them as a customer, I guess. So that was more better overall for them to just make good on rather than just lose a customer, I guess. I don't know.
0: That's fair, but I think probably, and this is just a guess, but I feel like companies are a lot more forgiving with their replacement policies than they used to be. Yeah,
2: maybe. Because
0: even if it wasn't their fault, you could have very easily gone to whatever review sites and review bombed them yeah, because you never this, got the product you ordered. True.
1: Yeah, they could true. Yeah, I could have easily done that. So maybe they were like, yeah, it's just to, to make it better overall and not have a bad review that might spread around. Similar to like when I got my uh, wisdom teeth taken out when they, A, didn't tell me I was out of network, and B, made me pay up front at, before the surgery and not after, which is not two fucking no-nos. And then they basically, like, refused to actually have insurance cover anything, more or less, as a result, because it was out of network. So then I basically put, like, a one-star review on Google, basically saying, yo, keep an eye out for these fuckers. They're lying assholes. And then, like, within, like, ten minutes, they called me being like, we'll give you a full refund if you take the review down. And I was like, In my brain, I'm like, this is a bribe, but I'm also gonna take this bribe (laughs) (laughs) because A, I guess, and and that means free (laughs) wisdom teeth surgery. (laughs) So I was like, yeah, "Eh." it's fair, I guess. It it helped pay for my previous computer that I had fried because I was trying to upgrade it and fucked up because BattleTech was running like ass. (laughs) And then I never played (laughs) BattleTech after I even got my previous computer the replacement. To be fair, I actually don't think I would have liked BattleTech overall. <laughs> I, d- I played it because Austin Walker likes mechs, and it was like this sounds like a neat game. And then I actually was like, mm, maybe this isn't it for me actually. It's one of those kinds of well, it's one of those kinds yeah. of things where it's like I definitely know I would basically be like uh, safe scumming a lot just because of random bullshit. <laughs> and I was like, ah, yeah, really this fair. doesn't seem like the kind of game I might actually want to play fully yeah how how have you been doing though since you're free from school um
0: you know it's it's been a lot of trying to get a decent resume put together and starting the job search so that's not very fun but it is what i have to do right now yeah
1: been there done that it sucks
0: (laughs) well it's great because i have to leave the 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 country and thus this apartment by the end of june right yeah So, if I don't have a job and an apartment by then,
1: then it's back to Texas, so it's really, like... (laughs) We've talked at Life about that, where even your mom has been like, You should try whatever you can to not have to come back to this place. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Don't you just love America in 2023? Yeah. Sorry, I'm plugging in my headset again, because apparently it was low. (laughs) All good.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's very frustrating, but I can't do much about it. But put together the best resume I can.
1: Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> and of course they're gonna basically be like, "Can you explain this gap of unemployment and everything?" But it's like at least you were in a different country for school, so it's like at least you have that reasoning. Well, yeah.
0: I mean, I was quite literally furthering my education. That's not a thing
1: I'm worried about. Yeah. There. Compared to how a lot just, of times or he's always like, yeah. can you explain this gap? And it's like, it's, I always think to like the whole like, I spent the uh, the, twi- the tweet of like, I spent three years soaking in my misery in a bathtub or whatever it was.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I
0: could always use the uh, no, I signed an NDA thing. Because <laughs> so I did technically sign an NDA while I was unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just
1: not about that, that's all. Oh, wasn't it like a game you played that you also mentioned to me? Yes. <laughs> I mean, technically, I can be like, I signed an NBA too, because I played a bad beta for a bad video game. <laughs> That's one that I can hmm. probably mention, <laughs> not fair, because what the fuck ever, they don't care. <laughs> uh, at least I don't think they care, because like nobody's ever talked about that game since that beta, <laughs> from my recollection.
0: Yeah, I get the feeling the company that I did mine for is probably fairly litigious. (laughs) Yeah, compared
1: compared to the company I'm thinking of, for the one that, uh, demo beta thing that I played, uh, they're like a no-name company. (laughs) I don't think that, uh, they're on the same level as- I'm pretty sure you had said what company it was before to me, just in passing.
0: (laughs) I can't imagine why I would do that. That would be a gross violation of the contract I signed. (laughs)
1: Oh, uh, yeah, if you mention that on Twitter, Reggie fils is gonna put out a hit on you by quoting Taken. <laughs> 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 Fucking insanity. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: no,
0: no, it's it's not Nintendo, I'll give you that much. Uh, considerably more French, but that's about as far as I'm gonna... Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm pretty sure you had mentioned, because I'm pretty sure I know exactly which one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go.
0: Um yeah no that's pretty much like i don't know i i started playing um fallen order because the second one came out and i figured i should probably try it and i definitely do hate that game so yeah
1: i I played a little bit of that one as well when it was i think it was when it was on game pass when i still had game pass and like i get what they're going for of trying to make a like game that has like souls combat and everything than the Zarwas universe, but I don't think their metroidvania approach with it really works at all because it's like, you know like early on when like you had the option of like you can go to this planet because story or you can go to like the hell world of like the force witches or whatever. And it's like, you hear the options, and it's like, well, of course I want to go to the fucking planet with the Force Witches, (laughs) this hell Mm -hmm. world absolutely, it sounds way cooler. And then you can't actually do anything there, because you need an ability from the other world anyway. And it's like, I get that- Well, it's worse than that. Mm -hmm.
0: Because it's- the ability you get from the other world is pretty basic, right? But that's yeah. not the one you need to pr- to get further on 4-Switch Planet. You don't get that for, like, another three or four chapters oh, boy. of the story. Okay,
1: so they give you that choice of go to one of these two, but you can't actually go to that second one at all for even longer. Not until,
0: like, I want to say at least halfway through the game, possibly
1: more. Ugh, that's bad. <laughs> why, yeah. did, why give you the option, then?
0: <laughs> I do not know. That's dumb. But also, it's like, how do I put this? I don't really enjoy Souls games, right? They're Mm -hmm. not for me, and that's kind of why I gave up on this one the last time. Because it's just not my genre. But I do, for some inexplicable reason, still care about Star Wars. (laughs) So I'm really trying to do the thing, and it just, like... There's a creature on the first planet, right? Mm -hmm. It's like a big frog. Oh, yeah, I remember it. frogdo, it's called, Mm -hmm. yeah. And this is just one example, but it's probably the easiest one for me to give. It's the most familiar. Like there have been multiple instances of me fighting these things in which they'll like do a big jump forward to try and land on you, and that's the attack, right? Yeah. So obviously you dodge out of the way, and then they just pause and rotate in midair and hit you
1: anyway, mm-hmm. and
0: it's like <laughs> that is not that's not good game. Nah. <laughs> Yeah. It's it's very bad in fact.
1: Yeah, it's, it's like like I said, like it looked like they like obviously wanted to make like a Soulsy game with Metroidvania elements, but I don't I don't think they did either decent. <laughs> like I wouldn't say even good, I would say just not even decent. Like like I think of like mostly like Hollow Knight where Hollow Knight is a Metroidvania but it has like a like Soulsy sort of mechanic with like dropping your like cash and oh not is it dropping no, you drop your like half your soul meter when you die. And I also think you're cash. I'm trying to remember now. <laughs> you think I remember? Considering I've played and beat Hollow Knight, <laughs> that I would remember how the death system works. But it's like, yeah, like if you die again, you you know lose that stuff. But like, or at least you lose like the geo. You don't lose like uh, your soul meter. But it's like you just have your little shade floating wherever you died beforehand. Which is, like, it's a little not great in that regard just because it kind of doesn't encourage you to just, like, go somewhere else because you basically have to go back to where you died to get your stuff back. But that's also how Souls games work, too, of, like, well, unless you only had like, a few Souls and you're like, fuck it, I don't care, I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> but, like, because you don't use those to level up, but that's instead just all your actual fucking money in uh, Hollow Knight. It's, like, you need money a lot in Hollow Knight for stuff. <laughs> huh. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure like they would be able to actually like make that work somehow, but I don't. That's uh... what? studio made that game? I'm forgetting now. I truly do not know. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I'm drawing a blank on that. That's not to say Remedy, but it's like no, that's not Remedy. Remedy makes all those like weird, like kind of like uh like shootery like cinematic games or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Uh, respawn. Re- respawn. You know? Right. Oh yeah, the uh, the Titanfall team. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a weird choice. <laughs> it's yeah. It's
0: really frustrating in a way because some of the traversal aspects I really do like, mm-hmm. especially once you start unlocking the powers. But I hate that so much of the time there's only one way to get through a level, like alright, so you have to wall jump 12 times in a row, and then to a vine, and from there to a bouncing platform. Okay, sure, yeah, it feels cool once you can eventually get it down. It's not cool that it takes 20 tries to do that, because it's so hard.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a... Uh... I know
0: that that's, like, a thing in platformers, right? It's like mm-hmm. Meat Boy or Celeste or whatever, where the platforms are super hard, and you have to do it over and over and basically master it, but it just does not feel as good in a third person like run around smack them video game (laughs)
1: yeah uh it's like just like you like i wanted to like that game too but like especially with like all the positive buzz around it and seemingly the sequel and everything but it's just like it's just i don't know it's just weird doesn't seem like it's really uh fitting what i want also hi (laughs) zicky yeah She's she she's been pretty vocal recently, huh? Just in general. <laughs> yeah, she sure has. You mentioned how she's been screaming for food earlier and you like had to feed her just because that's why she wouldn't be screaming when we were recording one of the... Uh, pod, the Patreon ads <laughs> yeah but I don't
0: know what her deal is she knows what time dinner is but she's been asking for it earlier and earlier well it's because she got
1: it early once so now of course she's like well if I got it early once then that means I get it early all the time right
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and I can't actually pick her up right now so she knows that she can get away with it <laughs> <laughs> she's
1: just giving you a look of like yeah what like can you do, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm envisioning. Obviously, I don't see Ziggy at the moment. We don't have cameras. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I guess for clarity, the reason I can't pick her up is because I did get the tattoo yesterday and uh, my cat squishing arm, right.
2: so you can't like.
1: Yeah. Why did they take my gotta... cat squishing arm? <laughs> 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 take badly misquote Invader Zim of all things. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, yeah, I gotta give it a few more days before I can safely squish her again.
1: You just gotta squish that cat. <sighs> yeah, yeah.
0: Um,
1: I don't know, that's,
0: that's, that's pretty much it. I, uh, I played a video game I didn't like, I worked on resumes, <laughs> and I had a nice nap, and when I woke up, there was a picture on it.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, did you actually go to sleep during the tattoo?
0: I didn't go to sleep, but I almost did. It was just, like, the edge of... Yeah, it it, it,
1: it's, like, how I noticed that, too, when I'm getting my, like, done, where I'm, like, because I'm, like, laying on a table, which really is not a comfortable table, but it's, like, it, I'm just literally sitting there, it's just, like, you know... I now I have, like, a facial cream to help with the pain a little bit just because it numbs stuff, but uh, mm-hmm. it's still a case of, like, being, like, okay, well, I know that, like, one of the... Um, ways to like cope with this is to basically like focus on your your breathing and control it rather than like constantly being taken by surprise with when the uh little bits of poking and prodding happen kind of deal so right. that's what i usually do but it is a case of like at times i'm just like laying there just being like if this was a little bit more comfortable and i wasn't having a little like p- constant poking and prodding at my oh. neck i probably would just straight up fall asleep to be fair i get it done at like 6 p.m after right from work so <laughs> it's like well it's late enough, and I'm not here, like, busy being busy, like, cooking dinner or something, and I'm laying down, so I could actually legitimately be falling asleep a little. <laughs> in, in better cases.
0: Yeah, um, I don't know what it is exactly, like, maybe it's... I, I don't know if that would be the case if it was for electrolysis also, mm-hmm. but getting a tattoo just really... It basically just knocks me out. It's so relaxing. (laughs) Sometimes it hurts, yeah, but only when it's at a really sensitive spot. Most of the time, it's just kind of like a massage almost. So
1: yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've only gotten the one tattoo, but like mine was only like twenty minutes long because it's just the like you know the outlining of the uh, the light cliff. So it's not like the most complex compared to how you got the flapjack tattoo that they had in the epilogue.
0: Well, even that didn't take an hour, so. Yeah,
1: like, it, it's not the largest, but it's like, it's definitely more detailed because it actually has color and stuff.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah I
0: mean, yeah, it's it's two colors, but still, yeah, it's it's not complicated it's, at all. It's 100% four, more colors months. than
1: the one I have, which was all black. <laughs> so
0: it's still well, more. Well, I mean, that's not... Black is one of the colors I got, so it's only 50%.
1: <laughs> no, it's 100% because it's doubled, right? Or no, it'd be two hundred percent, because hundred percent of one is still one. Two hundred percent of one is two. Right? That's how math works, right? Uh, I think.
0: <laughs> you were saying it was two hundred percent of the colors, yes?
2: But yeah, that's a that's, what, that's like what a different that's wh- expression. That's what than... that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I don't know. I'm not a mathematician, clearly. <laughs> Yeah, neither of us are. That's why we have a podcast. <laughs> True. <sighs> uh, but yeah, I mean, speaking of you playing a game you don't like, I can talk about a game that I kind of hate that I'm liking. <laughs> oh. Because I mentioned uh, at the top there that I'm playing a Gacha because I'm I'm playing the new HoYo, uh, no MiHoYo game, the Honkai Star Rail because. <laughs> uh, I don't know how familiar are you? Did you play any Genshin Impact or are you at least familiar with it enough?
0: No, you've said a lot of words that I don't recognize. Okay, very well, miHoYo
1: is the company that makes these games cuz they made uh, Honkai Impact 3rd, I think. I always wanna say third Impact, but I'm like, no, that's that's Evangelion. It's definitely not that. And then I think huh. they made another gacha game between that and Genshin Impact cuz Genshin is the like basically a gacha game but it's Breath of the Wild. Like, straight up, like, a big, like, open world that they added more zones to over time with new characters and elements and stuff. Because, like, I, I don't know how their original few, before Genshin played, I'm sure that... I'm pretty sure they're pretty much just, like, most uh, mobile gashas that, like, kind of just play themselves and you just activate some abilities kind of deal. But compared to Genshin, this one is, like, a more, like, linear turn-based RPG. And... You know, honestly, it doesn't seem like it'd be that hard to just play through it with the characters you have. Because, like, the big problem with Genshin with uh, the free characters they gave you was that a lot of... That game had a lot of the, like, Breath of the Wild, like, basically, like, Korok seed equivalents where you needed, like, certain elemental characters or, like, even, like, a certain weapon type to actually do the mission kind of deal to unlock more of the world. And it's like, if you don't get those because none of them are really from, like, the free characters you'd get, then it's like, well... I need to basically wait to do this until I get somebody that has that element or whatever in the Gacha system or pony up kind of deal. Whereas <laughs> in this one, it's like more because it's like they have like a similar to like a like persona style of like the enemies have like elemental weaknesses of the like, I think there's like seven different elements in this game, I think. And it's basically like you're trying to just like do enough damage with that element to break their like weakness bar to stun them to do more damage and stuff. So it's not like it's, like, the most mandatory, and, like, most of the enemies in the main linear path I've encountered so far have weaknesses to those elements. Because, like, they basically give you, like, the main character is physical, and then you have, like, an ice character and a wind character early. And I'm pretty sure everybody gets the same four-star fire character as, like, the free pull that they do as, like, a tutorial for you. Because I've seen, like, multiple people, myself included, pull her as, like, the first free one as, like, part of that tutorial. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure... It, yeah, I'm pretty... And, because it's also, like, interestingly really enough that character is actually, like, pretty highly rated because she gives, like, a bunch of speed and attack buffs and she can basically, like, call down, like, meteor lasers to, to hit everybody multiple times kind of deal. So it's pretty good. But uh, it seems like most enemies so far I've encountered in the game have at least, like, the physical ice, wind, or fire weaknesses or results. So it doesn't <laughs> seem like it's, like, that hard to go through. And also it's, like... It's, it's kind of just, like, a case of, like, yeah, like, as, it, you know, I, I played it on, like, the recent episode for the Let's Play on the Patreon, and, like, while I was doing that, I was finishing the tutorial and started seeing just how, like, kind of nonsense the combat could go, because, like, at that point, they have you have a trial version of a character who basically, like... Every time that enemies had their weaknesses broken every three hits, you would basically just have, like, a little attack drone go and just slice everybody with a big chainsaw, basically. Because, like, all the characters have, like, a passive ability that triggers on stuff, so it's, like, being like me during it, being like, okay, I'm starting to see where this combat could get pretty hard and like, a lot of the optional stuff and how having party composition matters. I'm not at that point yet because there's only like major, basically like two zones in the game so far because similar to Genshin they basically only had like basically not the UK and not China in that at launch and this is basically like there's a space station and a nice planet so far and it seems like over time they'll add more to keep going with the story. I I will I will admit I have put money into this <laughs> uh, to my shame. Uh... Look, my, in my defense, I wanted to get the scythe girl, who's a lesbian from Honkai uh, Hung, <laughs> Impact 3rd, who is, like, the best character in the game because there was a banner for her where it's, like... And it basically, like just like Genshin, this game is like, yeah, every 50 pulls, we will guarantee you at least one 5-star character kind of deal. So it's, like... <laughs> And early on, again, much like Genshin, it seemed like it was being pretty generous with giving you a bunch of tickets and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it seems like it still kind of is, because, like, at the moment, there's, like, a thing where, like, log in every day for, like, a week straight and you get, like, uh, X amount of, like, the... They have two different, like, what they call, like, basically train passes, because it's a big space train, basically, that you're riding on to go from planet to planet. (laughs) It makes sense in the context (laughs) of the universe. I don't know how, but... uh, it's basically like the basic passes, which are the ones you use on like, the basic banners, and the special ones are the ones for, like, this is the star character of it. If you get the 50 pulls right. on this at a minimum, you have a 50% chance to get this character. a uh, I think her name is pronounced Sila, uh, who's, the, oh, like, the Scythe Oh, lady. that's worse. Oh, huh? uh, yeah, that, no, I just... That you're not guaranteed it.
0: <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, my only real gacha experience is with Pokemon mm. Masters, and with that, if you do, I think that's... 40 pulls you just get them yeah or you got to pick something
1: from that i i, I know that there is, there is also one of those in this i just like hit my finger on my desk where i know like after a certain amount of pulls it will give you a choice of a five star from the like the banner that there's like basically like two times banners where it's like one had like a no sorry not even it's
0: like you do
1: 10 10
0: pulls mm-hmm. and that gets you a guaranteed pick from the pack in pokemon
1: well that'd be 100 pulls then right <laughs> yeah, yeah so that's more yeah <laughs> Kinda, yeah. I mean, you get your choice of them. Which again, there's like, there's it's, there's one yeah. banner in this that is like, because like the, the early game banner they had was like one that's like you get ten pulls for only eight tickets, like it as as a deal, and that you can do on the max of fifty times. Which I got to even yeah. with premium stuff, so it's like, or not even like paying for it. So it's like when that one I got like uh, a guy that does a bunch of slowing debuffs on enemies. Who uses like, that? Understanding
0: a ten pull is the standard currency of these games. Yeah, that's so that's basically how it is. That's... that's
1: basically how it is because like, it's always a case of them being like, if you do ten pulls, you get guaranteed at least one like four star, aka purple, kind of deal. So it's like, yeah, it never makes yeah. sense to do a single pull basically, because it's like, yeah, save up because you're at least guaranteed to get a four star. Which I know all the characters in Genshin and this are actually, I'm pretty sure in Genshin too, where they were four or five stars with like three stars basically being like the like weapons essentially that you could equip the different characters that had different things. This game just straight up has that but they're called like light cores where it's just like this thing just gives you like a like specific buff for this character class kind of deal. It's, it's, it's a little amusing because it's like I only played Genshin for basically like the first month that it was out and like overall it, what turned me away from it was just the fact that I just kind of didn't like their big open world Breath of the Wild style approach with gotcha characters being necessary to do a lot of the environmental stuff. But when I booted this one up, because I knew it didn't have that stuff, it was just very whiplashy words. Like, I opened up the menus and it's was like, this is just the same menus, but they made it look like space instead of fantasy. <laughs> it's 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 really just cut from the same cloth. But, like, it is the same company. It makes sense. They just put in a different genre with a different, like, combat system. It also has, like, a weird, like, <laughs> roguelike uh game mode it's very strange it's like it's, it's kind of funny because they call it like the simulated universe but like at first when the character that you meet is making it she's like i was thinking of calling it metaverse and one of the dialogue options you can have for your protagonist is really like really don't jump on that bandwagon <laughs> like they, they had a lot of fun with the localization of this for the main character because the main character is just like just the most tired and feral motherfucker possible (laughs) like you can go around and like the the first like when you get to like the town in the ice planet there's just a bunch of trash cans around where like the more you look at them the more the character basically just gets fully focused on like them being like treasure chests and trying to like fish around them and it's very funny like the first time that kind of happens like the two main the other main uh, main characters you have March 7th and uh, Don Hong are basically like are you serious? Once you go down this path, there's no coming back. (laughs) And it just gets more and more ridiculous with it. Like, they had a lot of fun with it. And also, the main character actually gets to speak at times. Like, it's not very often, but it's, like, not the other characters necessarily, because most of the time it's just, like, a basic, like, dialogue option. But there's actually a few times that they actually, like, narrate their actual, like, inner monologue at times, and it's, like, actually pretty interesting. It's, It's definitely, like, an interesting premise to it, too, of, like, then basically being like, this weird like godlike entity made this space train, and we have this theory that where the space train originated from is also where it ends up, which is the god's home planet, and we want to know what the fuck happened there, because the god died. So we're basically just like, yeah, we're just going along the space train as it does its thing, just to see what happens, I guess, because we are curious about these weird god things. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that it turns out, after the space station, you spend a lot of time on the nice planet that has like a very fantasy aesthetic to it. <laughs> Just because that it's it's very very Star Ocean in that regard, where star tart sci-fi and then the first planet you go to is just fantasy stuff. But <laughs> At least you're not spending like 30 hours on it like every Star Ocean, where you're just stuck on one fancy planet for ages. I guess. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what the future has entailed tail of it because it's like they do specify like this train does have a set track around like visiting different planets along the way, but it hasn't barely done that in like 6,000 years or something, so they're like, we don't know where it's going next, but we got to figure out this stuff on this ice planet first before we can move on, and then we'll see what they add. But, uh, again, I hate that I'm enjoying myself a bit. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's dangerous. uh, (laughs) Sorry,
0: Mm I hate to go back, but something you mentioned just reminded me, Mm -hmm. um, the, uh, friggin' what do you call it jedi fallen or Mm -hmm. there's things in the first couple of planets where you might have to swim Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and it's okay though because you don't have to go underwater it's just like another traversal thing and so it's it feels okay right but then i don't know on the uh i think it's the fourth or fifth planet all of a sudden you get a rebreather and you have to go underwater and i hate it because it's just water levels again oh boy
1: yeah (laughs) It's like, they were like, okay, what can we do to make there be more water levels? Okay, we'll give you a rebreather at this point. And it's like, but no. <laughs> have we not yeah. have we not learned from, like, the N64 era of water levels that people hate water levels in 3D?
0: <laughs> like, before you get the rebreather, you can't even go underwater, so I thought we were safe. Oh, no.
1: it's, okay. I misinterpreted I thought you said that you had to go underwater beforehand, and now it's like, like, all of a sudden you're nah, like, oh, there fuck. are some
0: things where you can swim, but it's all over the water, God, yeah, and you're just yeah. like going from one island to the next it's not yeah it's not fun because you know every single time that you do an underwater level they're just going to blow out the light so you can't see crap and Mm -hmm. that is a game that doesn't have map markers or objectives or anything so not only can you not see but there's no (laughs) nothing telling you where to go it's very frustrating
1: yep Yeah, again, like, I always think back to, like, when I was playing fucking Gex of all things on the N64 with that Titanic level when it's, like, me as a kid thinking, like, oh, this is so deep. And meanwhile, as an adult, I'm, like, looking back being like, no, it just looked like that because it had shitty draw distance and because there was a water level on the N64. (laughs) It's (laughs) nothing, actually. It's, like, thinking, like, the fucking eel in Mario 64 is intimidating when it's, like, no, it has a set path. It doesn't actually do much. (laughs) I mean, the deal is a little, at least a little bit intimidating, because, like, I mean, at the time, when the N64 released, with playing Mario 64, I was, like, 8. Because, yeah, yeah, that was 96, yeah, I was 8. Oh, almost 9, because of where my birthday lands, but, like, still. It's like, as a, as a little kid, it's like, yeah, it's a little bit more intimidating compared to now as an adult, where you're like, yeah, then whatever. Well, yeah. Yeah. If you die, you die, whatever. It's just, you have a life system, but it doesn't even do anything anyway.
0: Yep Also I haven't tried to go back yet But I'm pretty sure there's one area on the fifth planet Where you just can't go back afterwards So
1: Yeah if you, so if you miss anything in there you're just fucked If you wanted to like anything, uh-huh. Yeah that's always the worst
0: Like maybe I'm wrong But it involves riding on a very specific creature and it feels like it would be weird for that creature to just sit around and wait for you <laughs> all
2: the
1: time. Oh, is, this the, is it that the Yoshi <laughs> creature? Oh yeah, I'm thinking of the sequel. There's like a Yoshi like kind of creature you can ride around at times in the sequel. Yeah. Which I only saw which I only like saw that. because people are like, oh, sick Mario World reference because it's like Cal's supposed to be, have dismounted it to run, do like a wall run, but it's just the person driving it forward and just getting to a cliff and having to jump off it as it falls to its death. Because it's like, no, you made this into Mario reference, actually, wasn't what this is.
0: Well, that just seems cruel.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, lots of video games have a lot of chance, potential for cruelty. To the point where yeah. it's a joke.
0: <laughs> I guess, uh, final note, it's really... So, when you're playing the game, there's a thing in the prologue where Cal uses his force powers, and then, like, not even 10-15 minutes later, in game time like in canon time the inquisitors show up to try and get it and that seems like a ridiculous response time but he's just so bad at hiding the fact that he's a he Jedi. really is <laughs> yeah i remember
1: that from the intro too he's just j- doing like 20 foot long jumps and everything <laughs> and yeah like you you nobody would do this if they were in force sensitive my guy
2: no
0: worries boss i'll volunteer for my shift to just freehand climb 200 stories yeah. with no support gear <laughs> yep
1: um. Oh, I'm also forgetting. Was there a, was there actually like a difference to using the lightsaber of only one blade or two blades in that? Because I remember I got that on the Hell World, even if I couldn't progress anywhere else. But I didn't really see a difference between those.
0: Uh, it changes your attack pattern. Is that it? And it, it's also better at uh, deflecting. Oh, because... gotcha. Okay. Yeah, with Maybe. the double-bladed saber, if you're being shot at from range, you can hit the deflect button once and then just hold it, and then you don't have to worry about the timing for following uh, shots. Oh, okay.
1: Maybe I. Okay, so it's probably like slower attack pattern because it is a double-bladed weapon, but it's easier to yeah, deflect. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Maybe I must have missed like a tooltip or something, but like when I was when i had gotten it, I was like, I don't know, there's a difference here.
0: <laughs> it's a little strange, really, because it's very like. In all the Star Wars media, the double-bladed saber is the super-fast one that you go all over the place with, and it's really not that in the game.
1: (laughs) And speaking of Star Wars, the uh, current Star Wars event in Fortnite is fucking crazy. Oh, yeah? Yeah, uh, I don't know how long it's going for, and I only actually played it one night so far since it started, but like... It, they basically added, like, lightsabers with force powers to the game, just like how they, like, have timed events with, like, a few, like, years ago when they, like, put the Infinity Gauntlet in, so you transform into Thanos and just shoot a laser beam, but that was it, basically, because yeah. they were like, well, none of the Infinity Stones in the MCU actually really do anything besides just murder, so I guess we'll just do a laser beam for this, <laughs> and you can punch a it, and that's it like uh, basically well they could have given it a power where you kill half the remaining players oh, e- but die as a consequence <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like this basically being like if you're just getting shot real bad you could just be like fuck everybody and just blip yourself out but also take out half of them too <laughs> exactly yeah that would be pretty funny if that he was in there but no but uh yeah the current thing that they have is that uh, like basically you can get like either like through like certain uh like War holes because like a big weird thing With Fortnite going on is like just like a bunch of like Rifts in the reality or whatever And nobody's really care what's going on with that yet It's basically ever since like the main first map like Blew up and basically was like hey we're now In like a weird amalgam of this place in space Or some shit who knows But basically as it is it's like you find these little Rifts and you get like either a uh, blue Green or red lightsaber and it has certain powers Associated with it like I don't remember Which of the like Jedi ones Gives you like pull but basically you like drag a Character towards you you also like run at like double speed and can double jump while you have a lightsaber out but it uses your stamina meter that you usually use for sprinting mm-hmm. and uh the one i had picked up uh was basically the red one basically like just got it straight from dark maul of all people and it lets you basically like create a bunch of rocks to throw at people and there was one point where we had a player driving at us in a car, and one of my friends pulled them towards them as I picked up the rocks to throw at them, and we must have made the physics engine freak the fuck out because we just sent the car flying, like, 200 feet in the opposite direction. They didn't die. They survived. We didn't get any credit for, like, knocking down or killing anybody. But it was just very funny. <laughs> also, I had just enough points that I bought the... Uh, Freaking Padme outfit, and of course it's Padme from Episode Two, where she has an alternative where she, oh, had, well, yeah. yeah, it's like, and of course she has an alternative option there, where it's the sexually ripped version that <laughs> shows off her belly button and all. So it's like, well, yeah. yeah, so because it was like basically, I don't, th- I think it's like similar to like how they had the, uh, they have a bunch of bunch of those like uh, what's called, uh, brand, like, uh, what's it called copyrighted things. Like they did like a big one for Resident Evil Four, where you could get like. Leon as in skin with like his attache case as his back item which is pretty funny and uh I think it was also it wasn't Claire it was um, the main girl from Resident Evil 3 Jill yeah Jill Valentine which is weird because it's like I guess it couldn't be Ashley because Ashley isn't really a fighter necessarily so I guess they wouldn't have her as the option even though it was a Resident Evil 4 thing but yeah, at the moment, it's basically like it's a Star Wars one, which makes sense because of Star Wars Day, which is technically today. But thankfully, I didn't see a lot of people really talking about May the 4th for once. I saw like a few bits of fan art and not much else. Because it's kind of just an arbitrary day where it's just because it sounds like March 4th. <laughs> or, no, not March 4th. It's <laughs> May the 4th. Yeah. yeah. That thing. I know. Yeah. I know. It's.
0: It's been obnoxious for a decade and it's still happening.
1: I said March 4th because I literally have an Archer girl named March 7th in this game. <laughs> she was frozen in ice and doesn't remember herself and it's very transcoded <laughs> because she chose her own name as the date she got untaught. Er, untaught. Not untaught. That'd be refrozen. <laughs> I mean, also, to be fair, her entire outfit is also blue, white, and pink. And even her eyes are half blue, half pink. So people are like, of course, it's like being like, she's definitely trans, right? She has to be. (laughs) Like, you don't make a character design like this without people interpreting her as trans. (laughs) It's just how it works. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think think that's us done, because we've we've been going for like 40 minutes already. (laughs) Yeah, yeah they surely have. Um... Uh, just, just saying, to everybody that listens in, if you need friends and fucking anime wives in space, hit me up on Twitter. It's <laughs> 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 I, I really just to like basically like do. There's like an event that you can do where you can chain up to like six fights in a row, that you use like Trailblaze power. They had the equivalent with that in Genshin, where you can basically like borrow a ca- uh, another player's character, and like if you do, they get like 200 credits in game which is just, like, the basic mm-hmm. currency that doesn't really do anything for pills. So, like, if, if anybody wants uh, level 30 Sila uh, who fucking wrecks shop because she just gets extra turns every time she kills somebody, I give be friends with me on my friend list and give me a bunch of extra free credits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nah, that's all. <laughs> it's I hate that I like this game. <laughs> <laughs> I tell myself never again after Genshin and after I also had managed to spend, like, Something like a hundred dollars total on fire emblem heroes, but yeah.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, fair enough.
0: You know, just don't do it anymore. It's
1: easy. I mean, that's easy. The problem is that i already put money in this fucking thing, so it's not easy to stop playing like, <laughs> it. <laughs> to be fair, only fifty. Well, fifty-five because I also got like they do like a monthly pass thing where you get like ninety of the. uh material they can convert into tickets each day for a month plus like an extra like 300 immediately so you get like a total of three thousand of it during the course of it and i think that's enough to do 20 or 30 pulls i forget the conversion rate so it's not the worst if it ends up it's only five bucks but then the other day i was like but i, I actually really do want sila so i, I bought the 50 pack of things <laughs> <laughs> i got her and i got himiko who is the like the fire lady with the drones that you have in the the tutorial as like a demo so I have a decent amount of five star characters like three or four so far and it's like yeah there's other ones that I'm like yeah but I know that I know that like Sila is lesbians with Bronya, and I don't have Bronya, so I need to get Bronya, right (laughs) she can have her alternate version lesbian (laughs) I don't know if there are lesbians in this I know there are lesbians in the other game they're from but you know you need the lesbians together regardless if ever they're actually lesbians right (laughs)
0: I don't know. I mean, hard to say. Video (laughs) games ain't much for coolness, in a lot of ways, is the delicate way I'm going to say that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, um, speaking of things that ain't much for coolness in a lot of ways, uh the parasite car
1: <laughs> yeah again i was like there's times where you have segways, and i'm like huh? <laughs> but okay you, you brought it back with that one but still it's a little like me being like let's hmm. sure hear where this is going <laughs>
0: yeah that was a little tricky but i got there. um Yes, uh, today we are back on the infinity train with Book 2, Episode 5, The Parasite Car, aka my least favorite episode.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I did definitely Uh. read a thing about, like, some of the crew even being, like, it's this episode really necessary, but they wanted to have an episode where they basically just hung out and didn't have to, like, focus on the story as much just because they wanted to have a focused episode where it was just empty and Jesse kind of hanging out.
2: Yeah, see, I
0: get that, but i mean we'll cover it a lot but there's definitely there's stuff in this episode that i feel is kind of jarring to me in a lot of ways it just doesn't feel like the rest of the show mm-hmm. um yeah so uh we open the episode with them outside on a balustrade or a catwalk between the cars and uh jesse is asking mt if they know his reflection which they don't obviously because reflections don't all know each other it's a big world <laughs> and one Dracula is just tiny, he's like three inches tall and puttering around, but when MT opens a new door, he tries to bolt and has to be brought back, and he's back to full size now, so there you go. Just a really quick encapsulation of everybody and what's going on. <laughs> um They find themselves in a really lovely tulip field actually. And Jesse asks a biological question that is just way too personal, so MT shuts down question time. I
1: I do uh, have to just quickly point out, they've known each other for days. How has the topic of going to the bathroom not come up yet? (laughs) I gotta be honest here. (laughs) Clearly Jesse probably would have figured out at some point that MT's either sneaking off somewhere unseen to, to go to the bathroom, or has just not thought about it, I guess, for some reason maybe um to be fair these two are not the smartest people either in any case
0: (laughs) that's true i'm kind of there's a thing later in this episode that has me questioning the way the cars the train works again Mm -hmm. all over again yeah and i kind of suspect that maybe nobody on the train goes to the bathroom but we'll talk about that
1: Well, i mean like we don't know that like people on the car on the train who are like passengers have to like sleep and eat presumably because like I'm forgetting if we ever saw a Tulip eat but like we definitely saw her like waking up that time when uh, they were going to the ball pit car and she even like had to brush her teeth so like yeah I, I guess I just feel like like biological functions still have to happen even on the train being weird
0: well okay I guess we'll get into it early like yes we've definitely seen people sleep but the thing that calls that into question for me is that later in this episode jesse will make a comment about he's how he's hungry for some real food Hmm. which makes me suspect that he's not eating actual food (laughs) i I think it's
1: it might just be because like maybe he's just been eating whatever he can find so he's basically eating the equivalent of like snacks rather than an actual meal like it's just been like again based on like what we see near the end of the second episode that we're covering of like what the what those people take basically yeah <laughs> so yeah it might just be a case of like yeah unless you like find like unless you find like the 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 little italy car or whatever it was with the flower people that tulip was in way early on back yeah. in like episode four where presumably could actually get like a decent pasta dish then it's like well <laughs> you, can, you kind of should have luck enough to eat whatever you can find i guess kind of deal
0: yeah so i i truly do not know and i think th- Yet again, this is one of the many questions about the train that will never be answered.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely remember early on I was asking if the train is even a real thing or if this is all in the person's head, but it's like, well, I feel like MT actually is like kind of proof that it is a real train because like, I think I heard something about uh, how book two ends well, in a sense.
0: <laughs> that, but also, like it would be super weird for the train to be a figment of a character's imagination if our protagonist was already a figment you know yeah. what
1: i mean <laughs> yeah it, it would i guess i would just bring up the question of like how would both like if tulip had like the fig the bit of imagination about her reflection how is it that jesse's having an like a uh, imagination of a different person's reflection and not aware of it first until they were told <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, um, so having shut down Question Time, uh, Jesse just starts singing instead, uh, because he cannot stand the sound of silence, apparently. (laughs) He he just, I don't know what his deal is, but any silence at all is too much for him. He has to be constantly doing something. And uh, that said, though, MT is actually pretty into it. They're singing along and everything. I mean, they're doing lyrics about how he's bad at singing, but that's (laughs) not the point. They're, They're playing along. Yeah. And this all ends abruptly when Alan Dracula sniffs a blue flower and then sneezes ice all over uh, Jesse's feet, trapping him in place. And without even really thinking about it, MT just uses their uh, being made of metal powers to shatter the ice and free him. They're they're really like they're not having to do the thing where they consider leaving him for dead so they can hang out with the deer anymore. <laughs> Progress. <laughs> They are a slightly better person than they (laughs) used to be. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, uh, we cut, and as they keep going down the path, we find that the tulips have now become taller than they are. It's not uh, a a flower field anymore, as much as it is a forest. And Jesse's back in question mode, asking, uh, what happens to MT if Tulip Prime dies? Like, if Tulip Prime gets in a jet ski wreck or something, Uh. will MT's body change to reflect that? And... It's a fairly horrifying question, which MT actually seems to stop and have to think about for a second, but then they reveal that uh when your prime dies, you only have two choices, and that is to get mind wiped and be someone else's reflection or become a cop. So
1: Yeah, uh, bad. Brutal.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. It's honestly kind of surprising that there's only two cops, considering that that's the choice everybody has to make, but...
1: Uh, I I kind of get the feeling that there are more than two, but at the moment, they just have these two just assigned to trying to track down MT and take them out, because, like, maybe they're just like, oh, it's just not important enough. It's like, yeah, we can have these two guys go after this person. If it gets worse, we'll send more or whatever, but, you know, they might just, like, the higher-ups might just not give a shit at the moment. being like you got like you got like another two couple weeks before we'll step in i guess
0: i don't know because it's been quite a while since mt escaped them in the chrome car i feel like i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure this is the longest anyone has evaded the mirror Police. so you think they would make a big deal about that
1: yeah considering that mt like i mean we know that there was a two-month gap between books one and two so like mt has been like out and about for like something like at least three months at this point between when the mirror the uh i keep on say the mirror card the episode the episode no it's the, it's the chrome car and then uh like where we are now so it's like yeah it's yeah. definitely been at least like three months or so but yeah apparently they ever they really only have two guys or they just don't give a shit
0: <laughs> yeah especially because mt keeps escaping those two guys <laughs> yeah I like, think like after the third or fourth time they get away Maybe we send somebody yeah, else It's
1: not just escaping them Escaping them relatively easily
0: <laughs>
2: Yeah
1: Yeah them are some uh, fairly humiliated cops That's... <laughs> Yeah I mean they literally got stuck in a room Without a toad When you need to kick a toad to get out of the room Yep <laughs> uh... Speaking of we'll meet that guy again in a second <laughs> Well, not a sec, uh, like ten minutes from now. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, You know, it's it's a lot. (laughs) Um, Still, uh, they come to this, basically it's a lake of mud. It's gross, and I hate it. I hate a lot of things about this episode, not least of which being a giant puddle of mud. Yeah. And just as Jesse starts to ask if reflections can see you while you practice kissing in the mirror, but not for him, that's for somebody else. Um, yeah. Def- Ellen Dracula just kind of keeps on going right through the mud puddle.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I was just going to say, like, definitely not protecting at all anything, huh, Jesse? <laughs>
0: listen, it's fine. Only your reflection knows, and they'll have their memory wiped someday. (laughs) Yeah,
1: but also now M.T. knows because he had to ask them this.
0: Well, it wasn't about him. He said that. It's fine. (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: Yeah, uh, so since Alan Dracula took off, and the mud seems pretty deep, M.T. climbs up one of these giant tulips, and I feel like there's probably some symbolism there that we're not getting into to have Mirror Tulip climbing up Tulip, but uh their metal body just bends it down over the mud and jesse climbs along its length so that both of them can drop onto alan dracula as he's going across but in the just absolute coldest move in the show so far he splits his body in half and dumps them in the mud what a <laughs> yeah jerk.
1: because i was about to bring up and i had this in my notes here of like like basically like they like mt should have immediately crushed down dracula when they landed on top of him otherwise right I mean, to be fair, he is a normal, everyday deer, so of course he can save himself by just splitting in half to dump him in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: I mean, that is a thing normal deer do. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, so they are sort of pretty close to the end at the very least, and the door is just on the other side of the mud, though, and it's all covered in vines, so... They complain briefly about Alan Dracula dropping them and how he's not really very helpful, and M.T. says it would be nice if he did something useful for once, and Jesse takes this as a cue to yell at him to laser the vines on the door, which he totally does. And then he turns around and tells them how cool they are, which, again, I don't love. Just Alan Dracula talking is mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's... he's... I don't know how to describe it. It's fine to have a talking animal in your show, but something about Alan Dracula specifically makes it very bad. I think it's because he's so realistic. (laughs) Um, So they're shocked for a moment that he can talk, but he insists that it's just one of his amazing superpowers, or magic, or science, or something, you know. Uh, MT isn't buying it because they have spotted the neon green thing that is very obviously visible in his mouth. Uh, there's a yurk in there. Um,
1: <laughs> no, we're crossing the stream. <laughs> well, it's what it is. Uh, I mean, yeah, he kind of does look like he'd be like a curtain, like more like a like if Anna Morse was like. If the TV show was a cartoon rather than live action, this probably would actually be like, it's like if like if, uh, fucking Adventure Time was doing a Animorphs episode crossover or something and this is what the York would look like. <laughs> Just this like little green snot man. <laughs>
0: Full on, the only difference between this guy and Yurks is that somehow the Yerks are more effective than he is, and that's
2: saying a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, it really is, because the Yerks get dog shit done. <laughs> like, they are so bad at their jobs. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, um... Yeah, this, it's like a little green worm guy, and... He can talk, which I guess is the one advantage he has over Yerkes is that he can talk while he's possessing a host and like of his own volition. So he's not just a helpless little slug. Um, but he jumped in Alan Dracula's mouth while he was going through the mud. And apparently now he has control of all of Alan Dracula's powers. Which is made very apparent as he turns Alan Dracula to brick when M.T. tries to rip the parasite out of his mouth. <laughs> Which, I appreciate the spirit empty. Uh, I don't know if that's the best way of going about things, but sure. <laughs> um, this little green dude introduces himself as Perry and makes horrific use of Alan Dracula's shape-shifting powers to illustrate this. Uh-huh. While claiming that he's cute. And also that he's symbiotic, like the birds that clean crocodile teeth. And, you know, plus he's so helpful, like... A.D. never would have done that laser thing, and Harry promises he'll never ever freeze-sneeze on them, and he'll also let them ride him all day? Like, come on. M.T. does question how he knew about all that, since he was in the mud and shouldn't have been able to know it, but because he's not a yerk, he does actually have senses, so he could have just heard them. Whatever. Uh, But yes, he reveals that uh, actually he can read Alan Dracula's mind. Again, because he's a yerk. And also that Alan Dracula loved them very much. Uh, Don't worry about the past tense there, it's fine. Um, That said, they don't really notice that, and MT's first question is whether Alan Dracula can still think for himself, which is a good instinct, but you're asking the mind control guy if his victim can still think. Like,
1: (laughs) Yeah, this is, just, this is this is just a bad yeah. situation overall.
0: <laughs> it is, but it's also kind of where the episode falls apart to me, because M.T., from this moment, seems to be really on board with letting Perry stay. They're willing to accept his usefulness over Alan Dracula's agency, and that is extremely against everything this character has been about so far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is the person who didn't even want to name the deer because the deer didn't have a choice in the matter. Yeah, which... but no, it's cool to leave a mud uh, a, a mud worm thing in there controlling his brain. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it. It just feels very strange for MT to be on board with this, but
1: yeah, yeah, it's I don't know. I I guess it might just be a little bit reflective of MT being a little bit like more willing to like try out different things rather than just like sticking in their lane more or less of just being sour i don't know it's it's a little strange that they're just like kind of so quickly turned around on letting a little goopy green guy be in alan dracula's mouth and control him against his presumed will well i mean we'll see later on actually against alan dracula's will (laughs)
0: Yeah, the only reason this doesn't break super bad is because he's Alan Dracula. Like... Yeah,
1: like, he, he's, he's kind of okay with it until things start going real bad and, like, making him do stuff he actually doesn't want to do.
0: I don't think we even know that he's ever okay with it, TBH. Eh, true.
1: We, but... We're not. We're, who can... No one can say that they truly know how the mind of Alan Dracula works. Like, the only affirmation
0: we get that Alan Dracula is cool, is Perry saying that actually, no, he's good. I can read his mind. He loves this. It's
2: <laughs> so,
0: I don't feel like that's a reliable narrator.
2: <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but, yeah.
0: Um,. Jesse is mostly just excited about having an Alan Dracula who can help them, and at this prompting, M.T. agrees to let Perry stay so long as Alan Dracula isn't hurt. So, again, feels kind of antithetical to their character so far, but we're rolling with it. Um, so to leave the car, he turns one of Alan Dracula's hooves into a human hand to open the door, and also talks a lot about how friendly and helpful he is. Uh, It's awful. And not in the way Alan Dracula is usually kind of horrible.
1: <laughs>
0: Which is to say, in the way that a totally ordinary deer is horrible.
1: He's <laughs> a good, pure boy and an ordinary deer. There's nothing wrong with Alan Dracula. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Listen, I didn't say there was anything wrong with him. It's possible to be horrible and fine at the same time. <laughs> I like to think that I'm horrible frequently. <laughs> Uh, Yes Um, So they uh, Stepping outside He gets Jesse singing along With the Travel Friends song But Empty is kind of like holding back Walking behind them Because while they are on board with this As far as the episode goes They are at least reluctant I guess And Jesse does eventually drop back To talk to them a little bit And they say that they don't trust Perry Which is fair But also not the issue here Come on Mm -hmm. Um Jesse mostly just like his reassurance here is that MT didn't trust him either and now they're besties, so obviously you can trust Perry, and MT falls for it somehow. <laughs> There's a quick bit about how Alan Dracula is bigger than he used to be, but Perry assures them that this is just a trick of perspective, despite that not being how perspective works, and MT being smart enough to know that that's not how perspective works. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, they, these these two are not the brightest people, but they at least, well, at least one of them clues into that, at least being like, wait a sec, <laughs> this, ain't how, uh, yeah. this ain't how this works, you were definitely taller than before it's like we we don't have any idea of like how much time has passed between like when uh mt alan dracula and jesse all met and now but like it's it's gotta be at least like a week or two probably at a minimum by this (laughs) point so it's like they would absolutely know how tall alan dracula is
2: (laughs) i
0: honestly kind of feel like this episode happens right after the last one since we open up with jesse asking all the reflection questions but that is extremely subjective like
1: it's it's ever if it's not right away it might be like a day later or something just being like okay i thought about this stuff while i was like falling asleep can i ask about this
0: yeah like i perceive it to be right after but that is extremely my specific perception it's It's not it it definitely
1: definitely feels like it's like a day or two at most since the previous yeah um
0: yeah, so they uh, they head into the next car, which officially is called the Runway Car, but it is actually the RuPaul's Drag Race Car. <laughs> and this is where they meet Sashe, who is a blue person, and a sort of I refer to them in my notes as a fashion elemental, but I think they're just a blue person. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and Sashe informs them that to exit the car they have to walk the runway and impress the judges by going all out and doing a very specific dance, which they demonstrate, and it definitely obviously ends in a dead drop because it's the drag race car (laughs) um (laughs) so they head out to the runway fairway because it is also a golf course for some reason and jesse wearing an ill-fitting wig and a dress that fits even worse which he's just wearing over his clothes sort of hobbles down the runway and does his best uh He's not much of a dancer and the clothes really are working against him, but he super gets into it and it is the spirit that counts because the judges all give him nines, which earns him the right to exit the car. This is probably the easiest car we've seen to exit so far, y- I think.
1: Yeah, it's like one of those times when like I mentioned that like how they envision some cars are just like for the gimmick and this is like definitely one of those of just being like, Yeah, it's like a car that takes you ten minutes to get through at most. Put on some clothes, walking on the wrong way, yeah. and boom you're done
0: the toad car might be easier strictly speaking but that's on a pure like challenge level that doesn't include the mental anguish of having to kick the toad yeah
1: (laughs) like that Um, that's more just being like how long can you go until you concede the feat that you have to kick the toad
0: yeah and again just bump him a little bit it's fine um But yeah, uh, M.T. comes down the runway next, and as a trans-mask person, they are super not into this. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Like, I get it. (laughs) I really, really do. But um, they're they're wearing, like, suspenders that have wings attached to them, and a tutu and an anime girl wig. It's definitely just them grabbing the first things that they could off the shelf to go... (laughs) but uh, they have the least spirit imaginable as they're just sort of mumbling and vaguely moving through the dance. And uh, still, their performance is considered avant-garde by the judges, and they get the eights that they need to leave. And then the worst thing in history happens.
1: (laughs) Um, Which again, I'm declaring, definitely awoke something in at least one person. (laughs) Someone out there had some sort of awakening when they saw this. (laughs) It's
0: it's really bad.
2: Is the thing <laughs> uh, it, is it is it just the look, me. or
1: is it the fact that it's uh, being being done under the command of a parasite that's forcing Alan Dracula to do it? That's bad.
0: Well, I'll talk about that in a second. It's it's very bothersome to me. Um, but yeah, a lot of it is the parasite thing. So Harry has done Alan Dracula up in just ridiculous amounts of effort he's wearing a fancy gown and full makeup he's put lipstick on this deer Uh, he's walking in his hind legs in heels and jewelry all over the place and and he quickly rips the gown off to reveal a sort of sequined bodysuit thing as he does the dance and I just like (sighs) the thing that really upsets me about this is that Alan Dracula is just a regular deer Mm mm-hmm and he's doing all this like don't get me wrong if it was a furry deer doing this fine whatever that's just how that person yeah, is but this is a regular friggin deer walking on its hind legs and moving in ways
1: it should not be yeah it's like if one of the raccoon people that we see at the the fair next episode was doing this then it's like well that's fine they're a raccoon person yeah compared to like Look we joke about Alan Dracula being a perfectly normal everyday deer, but like Alan Dracula doesn't walk on his hind legs at all from what we've seen. He might spin the bouncy balls to bounce around, he might shrink down, he might just be able to like walk up the side of trees and stuff, but he doesn't walk just on his hind hooves. Yeah, because he's
0: a normal deer. <laughs> yes, he does wacky stuff, but he yeah. moves and acts he, like he, a yeah, deer. He
1: still, he still just, like, he has a bunch of bullshit going on with him, but he still just wants to walk around and eat grass and that's it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so the fact that without shape shifting or anything, which he's very capable of, he, as a regular deer, is moving in this way really, really bothers me.
2: Because
0: mm-hmm. that's not how deer move. <laughs> uh about halfway through this dance uh, another deer head just sort of shoves itself out of his chest and i'm back on board because we're in
1: the body horror now <laughs> and <laughs> the first like six minutes of this episode fuck it because it's uncomfortable but once the once the body horror happens then it's like hell fucking yeah let's go <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 you get it <laughs> yeah not at all not at all horrifying enough just having a person take over your body it has to be there has to be body horror in it too <laughs> yeah,
0: so he like turns into jelly real quick and electricity and then he he rips out of all the costume and stuff and then he's just back to being a normal deer uh the judges love this performance they gave him a full million points and everyone gets to leave so outside uh empty scratches alan dracula's head as i tell him how well he did because i guess they are less sensitive to deer not being the way deer should be than i am <laughs> uh and Perry tells them to stop this, because, you know, maybe Ellen Dracula liked that once, but people change, so don't do that no more. Which, fair, I guess. Don't touch people without their consent, mm-hmm. but if he was a deer who enjoyed it, I don't know. Um, so they step into the food pyramid car, which is very much one of my favorites. It is... It, it's extremely a pun car it's like an egyptian style pyramid but made of actual food yeah. Uh, okay. yeah and uh this is where jesse talks about how he's hungry for real food and raises questions about his standards <laughs> for food and what he's been eating this whole time because even if this is "quote unquote, real food it definitely is just sitting around not preserved in yeah any way.
1: but again like the train has its own weird bullshit rules with it so like for all we know even if this is like ice cream that's been sitting out for like five days it's perfectly fine and and still ice cream compared to mush or something
0: yeah but we will never know because we don't actually know anything about this car we have other things we're worried about today
1: yeah Um, we do kind of just blaze through cars in this episode to be fair (laughs)
0: Uh, it's not the fastest we've ever hit cars, but it's pretty quick. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's true. Like, I mean, there was that bit like way back in like episode two, I think it was, where two was just running through a bunch of cars early on.
0: Yeah, yeah, when she was speed running to try and. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um,
0: so Ad, or rather Perry, uses Ad's powers to secure some chips by ripping them off the ceiling, and then he dunks them in chili before eating them. And this, of all things, is the thing that sets Jesse off, because Alan Dracula is a vegetarian, and I just, like, is he really (laughs) Jesse?
1: (laughs) He's a deer.
0: (laughs) But, alright, sure. Um, Like,
1: deer don't eat dead animals, to be fair.
0: (laughs) Deer will eat whatever. They are scavengers. No, they're
1: they're not, like, crows or something. They're just deer. Like, they kind of eat, I don't think... I'm pretty sure deer do not eat, like, anything that might be living. I think it's just vegetation.
0: Uh, yep. Deer definitely will eat meats. they? Really? Yep. Small mammals, specifically. Huh. Uh, deer usually feed on small animals like rabbits, frogs, squirrels, yeah, birds, or sometimes fish. That is
1: definitely a deer holding a bat in its mouth. <laughs> Uh Uh-huh, yep. Okay, well then. I feel like that's, like, still, like, a big outlier. I feel like they mostly just eat grass, and it's like, well, there might be an occasional snack of, like, a mouse or something, if they get it. I don't think that's Uh, the norm. Yeah, I don't know. I
0: mean, again, they're... You eat what you can in the wild. Yeah.
1: And again, like, so far, we've only ever seen Alan Dracula eat grass, really. Or (laughs) leaves. Leaves, yeah. Um...
0: But anyway, it's fine because he can do whatever he wants because he's growing and changing. So, like, don't worry about it. He's not a vegetarian anymore. And then, uh, Alan Dracula starts to go haywire again as he bursts into flames and turns into lightning, and then just explodes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I really do like the like the little just like quick like snap to like the whole bomb fuse on him, just going like, <laughs> oh, <uh-oh." laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's very cartoony of just being like, okay, I guess he's gonna blow up now, and then just reform from the ashes. <laughs>
0: It's not specifically called out in the episode, but I actually really like how smart Alan Dracula is being about this, because he keeps turning into stuff that he's trying to, like,
2: yeah,
1: he, when he, he was goo he, earlier, really...
0: or fire, he's trying to turn into stuff that the parasite can't
1: control. Yeah, like, he's trying to do whatever he can to try to force him out, obviously, like, by going on, mm-hmm. by setting himself on fire, or just literally blowing himself up. Yeah. Which brings <laughs> to the questions: how is it that Perry doesn't blow up? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah that's a fair point i guess maybe because he was
1: technically like well i mean i was about to say because he's protected by Alan dracula's mouth but at the same time the mouth would have been exploding from like inside as well with the rest of yeah, the body alan dracula
0: fully explodes <laughs> into particles before reforming yeah. <laughs> you know?
1: but yeah somehow Perry's fine
0: yep <laughs>
1: but yeah so while
0: they're taking cover from this empty spots the other deer head poking out of alan dracula and it's It's some real gnarly The Thing sort of stuff, and this is the part I really enjoy. Uh, This is where they finally realize that Alan Dracula is fighting the parasite, trying to kick it out. I guess seeing the deer head shoot out of his chest earlier wasn't enough. And also, he's still getting bigger this whole time, although it's not really explained why. And there's a moment here where the real AD shines through. He manages to manifest his full head and sticks it out, and he's looking right at MT, and he just cries. He makes this noise expressing how much pain he's in, which is very raw for this show. <laughs> and then Perry sucks him back in and reasserts control, and they keep getting bigger. It's pretty upsetting, and I'm
1: okay again. <laughs> yep, we're in the Yerk Zone. I am comfortable here. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta keep calm and embrace the brain slug? I don't know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, your horror is a thing that I understand. I can get behind (laughs) that, but... (laughs) Uh, Yes, so he's just getting bigger and bigger, and at this point he's almost filling the pyramid. Perry insists that without him, they'll just be stuck with, like, a regular deer who doesn't listen to them, and why would they want that? But Jesse finally realizes that something is going on and tells him that they don't like Alan Dracula because of how useful he is, they like him because of who he is, and, uh, Perry kind of gives a little ground here because he's stuck and he doesn't know why he's growing and actually maybe he wants to get out of this deer also, but, uh, Jesse tells MT to run back to the parasite car for something, though we don't know what, and starts climbing uh, Alan Dracula's now gigantic leg as his head bursts through the top of the pyramid, so it's just a pyramid with a deer head sticking out. Um, we get just the briefest flash of M.T. running back through the drag car and putting even less effort into the performance this time as they have to yeah, run the Yeah, it's a little Fetchabu funny. They just flower. do
1: a little, like, side movement with their arms along the way, just being like, oh, it's okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not even a full wave. They're just, yeah. like...
1: But the crowd loves it, so that's what matters.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sashay is big into this. Um, But, uh, yeah, right as Jesse reaches Alan Dracula's head, uh, Mirror Tulip gets back with one of those blue flowers from before. And uh, the the Alan Dracula head we see is now wildly changing colors, and M.T. sort of crumples up the flower and fastballs it to Jesse, which doesn't work. yeah not
1: like a, the physics of not it a, absolutely not at don't. all yeah like try crumpling up like a tissue and hoping it actually gets anywhere besides like two inches away from you before fluttering down kind of deal yeah, it's no, like it's a, it's a flower no <laughs> to be fair to be fair the train has its own stupid laws about how it works so maybe the train version <laughs> of flowers would work this way mm-hmm. it wouldn't work if it was maybe. it wouldn't work if it was in the parasite car But because it's in a different car, the laws of physics are based on what the food pyramid car would be. So therefore it works different in this one, I guess. I
0: guess it's fair to say that the laws of physics on the train are judged by what is dramatically appropriate. (laughs) Also that.
1: Much like how we saw the toad just like leap off into the sky (laughs) with like three Uh, frames of animation.
0: (laughs) It's still my favorite shot.
1: Um. I'll have to see if I can find the picture of that exactly for when I, uh, when we get that episode, when that episode goes live, so if I can put it as, the, as part of the tweet.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so he, he, Jesse catches this flower and puts it up to A.D.'s nose to cause him to do the sneeze, and this ejects Perry, even though Exploding didn't. Um, the kids embrace Alan Dracula as he shrinks back down to normal, and Jesse's number drops to 11. Uh, it doesn't tell us why, but it's because he came up with a plan and told MT to do it instead of waiting for instructions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um,
1: that makes all the sense because usually his whole problem so far has been just doing what the other people tell him. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
2: And uh,
0: the thing is, though, is that Perry is still alive. His back half is frozen because of the freeze sneeze, but he's just hanging out here, and he actually tries to take credit for the number because you know if it wasn't for him, that never would have happened but then he just wants to know who his mouth he gets to go in next so uh following Alan dracula's lead they uh turn and leave perry there hopefully to die of kendrona starvation the end
1: <laughs> <R-r-r- clears throat> uh, rip to perry the parasite i don't think he comes at, well i mean again i was. i, I can't say for sure if ever or not he actually comes back i guess <laughs> We have a bet. We have a. We we have an actual bad track record in saying this character will never come back again, considering all the times we always said that about frickin' Tibbles, and then Tibbles never stayed dead. (laughs) 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 See Tibbles three fucking times in the finale, and it's like, Jesus Christ, how did we get that much Tibbles in the finale? yeah well i guess we'll just continue along with the next episode which is episode six uh well Mm -hmm. before we do that we need to take a quick patreon break oh right (laughs) same
0: Uh, yeah uh you're right there we should talk about the patreon Um, yeah you
1: know we probably should (laughs)
0: You know, I I introed this as if it were going to be in the episode we've recorded today, but it's definitely not, so it's going to be a weird intro for the episode that we recorded four weeks ago. Uh, (laughs) If you are listening to this show and enjoy it, you can also find us at patreon.com slash cast, where we do an entirely separate show called The Axe Files. It's
1: it's a good time, (laughs) y'all. It's certainly been an interesting experience to uh, finally see what Animorphs is all about at about, like, say... 27 years older than you probably would be the target demographic of animorphs for
0: roughly hey everyone is the target demographic of our of animorphs <laughs> or did you miss the bit where tobias had to come to a dialectic synthesis about his soul
1: <laughs> fair I, the, the, the tobias books i feel like are going to be like that for most people but most of these are the books i feel like are a little bit skew younger because <laughs> tobias <laughs> oh, sure gets existential as fuck <laughs> yeah uh...
0: It's it's a good time, and of course we have tons of other stuff on the Patreon, like every week I do a full uh, queer book review and recommendation. If you follow along, you'll have a library soon enough. <laughs>
1: yeah. And I finally did what I said I've been going to do for a while, and have returned to the Ultra Sun Nuzlocke. It's, uh, oh boy, it's been like two months since I touched it, and we sure are back uh, in a big way. <laughs> And I will say nothing more about what happens in this episode. Beautiful and ominous. I mean, we go after the third of the three Akala Island totems in this episode. And uh, if you know anything about, like, just in general Sun and Moon and especially Ultra, you know the Totem Pokemon and Akala Island are the fucking worst. (laughs) Way more so in Ultra because they Uh, made them so much more stronger. (laughs)
0: uh, Yeah, it's... um. The other thing, of course, that we do is every week we'd like to shout out the folks who have already signed on to the Patreon. So we need to say a huge thank you to Aurora Borealis, Trigger Harpy, and Bookcase Queen. Thanks, y'all. We really love
1: having you along for the ride. Yep. <laughs> you definitely help us with uh, offsetting the cost of the hosting and give us excuses for making even more fun nonsense. Exactly. Even, even if the Nuzlocke also tests my faith in humanity at times <laughs> but i mean my faith in myself in terms of not getting pokemon murdered <laughs> Uh
0: huh, mm, look right. i
1: finished all the story content in star rail and i don't think people want to continue watching me just try to grind for the end game essentially end game stuff so i was like i should do the Nuzlocke instead <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, fair enough but there was one slight change to the patreon that we wanted to talk about So we've been considering this for a while now but ultimately we decided that we want people to be able to hear the Axe Files. We love it, it's great work, and we're proud of it and we absolutely appreciate everyone who has signed on for it but we want the world to see what we've got to offer. So we are going to be starting a free feed for the Axe Files. It's going to run three months behind the standard feed so don't get me wrong that's still a pretty huge lead if you sign on yeah for the patreon. I, I mean we,
1: we recently put out the first episode on book four on the patreon as of this recording and it's like you're you're gonna be behind some books basically as is just because it's only like three episodes per book at the rate we're going because these books are really short <laughs> yeah <laughs> so
0: uh that should start the first free episode of the x-files should drop on sunday the 11th of june or monday the 12th depending on how frustrating my schedule is (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's it's, we're coming up on it so if that's a thing you're interested in hearing and you don't have two bucks there you go uh yeah we're happy to have you all as listeners you'll be
1: a bit behind obviously but you'll at least get to hear it in one way or another and
0: uh yeah i think that's kind of it for today so let's hop back into the show
1: yep (laughs) Uh, yeah, at that point, we will continue along to episode six the Lucky Cat car, which basically decides the group enter a train car that consists of basically nothing but grass and a large Lucky Cat. Y'all know know what those things are the cat that does like the little paw swipe that, yeah, yeah, yeah. those things that you see in stores all the time uh mt uses some grass to lure alan dracula to the door at the base of the cat which i don't honestly know how that works considering there's grass everywhere why would alan dracula specifically want the grass that they're holding and not just any of this other grass but whatever it works it gets him in but there's friends over there and food uh, but alan Dracula's is a deer <laughs> he just does whatever he wants it's like I don't, I don't know. I feel like if there's, like, a big source of food, if a person you know is holding the piece of food, like, an animal might go after that one, just out of recognition if they know the person, but I feel like a lot of the times they're just going to walk over to whatever food is just available. <laughs> it's like, well, there there's food over there that my human is holding, but there's also food right next to me, and I could just lean over and eat that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's certainly fair, but I also think, like, how Dracula... Is established as apparently loving these two, so.
1: (laughs) I guess, but also at the same time, who can say if Perry was actually being honest about that? (laughs) Yeah. Like, Perry obviously (laughs) wanted to stay in somebody's mouth, so it's like Perry could have just been bullshitting the entire time.
0: Well, I don't feel like that's a thing he would need to lie about, though. Like,
1: that that makes his story stronger
0: if he. Tells the truth. I know? guess, but I could, I
1: could work. also see it as the other way of just like he's telling them what they want to hear to convince them to let him stay in the deer's mouth. No, doesn't I guess doesn't fair. matter. For all we know, Perry's dead, so rip. He'd <laughs> better be. Yeah. In any case, uh, it turns out that the base of the cat uh, basically just has a massive county fair inside of it. It's basically working on of like Pokemon logic where the fair is lar- like the cat is larger on the inside than the outside. I guess it's a pretty yeah. big cat, but it's like this ferret I don't think would fit in this cat. <laughs> Not a chance. Yeah, though. Uh, Jesse's stoked about the fair since he goes to uh, Powwow every year with his family, and he starts to tell a story about the time Nate wrapped his head in cotton candy, apparently, but he <laughs> just ends up bumming himself out actually. So MT says that he'll make things right by his brother when he gets to go home. And that that NT says that they've only seen, like, a House of Mirrors in terms of any other fair stuff, just because obviously, like, via Tulip, that's the only thing they would have really seen, and obviously yeah. doesn't want to go there in this place because of the flex. <laughs> And also, because it turns out they just reflect themselves instead of having their own mirror person, because it just works that way. And it's pretty funny how MT's just like, it it just works that way. Just fuck it. Just shut up. (laughs) It's like, like, (laughs) I don't know. It just works that way. We're, We're establishing lore for how Infinity Train works, because that's just how it is. And at that point, they both start getting a little bit confused about how both reflection and human anatomy works, and bi- or biology more specifically. <laughs> it's very funny that it's like Jesse just like making up bullshit about how red blood cells work, and then she's even like, "Well, wait, wait, really? That's how that works? And he's like, uh, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> and they both just kind of stand there just pondering about stuff for a bit. <laughs> but while they're doing this, Alan uh, Dracula walks over to a crane game because he wants the fake grass inside, which... Based on what we see later on, this actually might not be fake grass, because he's definitely eating it (laughs) when he gets inside, so I don't know if it's fake grass or... Anything
0: is possible.
1: Yeah, it could be real, it could be fake, it's the fucking terrain, who knows. He definitely eats it regardless. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, They have to basically, like, uh, pull him away from there, though, and Jesse starts to wonder how you would even play the games here, and look at that, the toad is here, because he's running a kick-the-toad game, and he explains that you this poor guy yeah (laughs) he's even when he's allowed to do what he wants he can't think of anything else besides just getting kicked but yeah he explains that you use points to play which i when he said that i interpreted that as like you need to basically like gamble the points to win more points but that doesn't come up at all in this so i don't know how that really works it looks like they just get to play the games for free and just earn points based on how they do (laughs) you know honestly (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess if they only they only start with two points anyway, so I guess if yeah. you had to gamble them, like you could easily fuck it up and be like, well, I guess I'm out. <laughs> fuck it, I guess I'm stuck here.
0: <laughs> yeah, starting with that low of a, a, a number is so. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's not even like starting you at like like 25 points or something, so you at least have a bit of a reserve or anything like that. Yeah. But yeah, but like I said, he's running a stand for kicking him at targets, which he explains away as a beating of his own will, so at least he gets paid for it. But he also just there said that you use points to play the games, not money. So maybe yeah. he, maybe he's running a different kind of thing in here. Maybe he's like, is it a different deal where you need to, like, kick him for prizes as opposed to points? And there's no points involved as a result? I don't know. It's weird. He, he definitely asked them to pay him to kick him. But that doesn't happen. And they don't pay to play anything else in this carnival. So who knows? yeah. At that, he gives them their points cards with the points on them, and he asks them to call him Terrence, but apparently that's not been his name this whole time, he just chose it in this moment. <laughs> so back, I guess, technically two episodes ago, when I said his name actually turns out to be Terence, and I was covering his voice actor, well, it's like, well, it technically wasn't Terence back then, I guess. He's Terence now. That's true. Yeah, he's Terrence today. Maybe he just goes through a name every day, who knows. <laughs> Uh, but then we get a shot of just some very season one characters here at the carnival, like the the pasta flower lady, who I actually already had mentioned before with the little Italy car. Uh, yeah, what was her name, Nancy? I think it was Something I think like it that. was Nancy, yeah, because like there, we definitely also see uh, Grey the crystal guy. And we also see uh fuck, I have his name written down where. Where is it? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Is it uh, khaki yeah, uh bottoms? khaki bottoms. I keep wanting to say Soggy Bottoms. I don't know why I keep thinking Soggy Bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, khaki bottoms, the little stuffed toy guy from the ball pit car. Uh yeah, they're all just here, just kinda hanging out. And eventually we get over to the prize car or the prize shop because uh, Terrence told me to go check it out. One sec. And basically, we find out that our kind of jerk friend, the cat, is running the prize shop these days. Because I guess she got bored of just staying in her little uh, single shop or running scams, just going from car to car. So she's here instead. (laughs) And she initially mistakes MT for Tulip before realizing that they're they're a reflecting person, which I feel like the fact that they have metal skin would give you a bit of a tip-off compared to Tulip not having metal skin. But... Well,
0: that's fair, but on the train, I feel like it's very possible to accidentally end up with
1: metal skin. Yeah, I guess. Maybe just being like, oh, you went to the metal skin car, huh? Yeah, weird. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it to you. <laughs> Listen, can you point me toward that one? Like... <laughs> well, I mean, it, hey, it, it depends if it's like a full on, you place your body with like machinery kind of car, then yeah, sign me up too. but I guess that's fair. Long, yeah. as as it like, basically... would make it pretty hard to do titty shots with metal skin. Well, uh, unless, you know, like, basically, like, you know, maybe it's like the metal skin but you get like the like the silicone like uh like overlay skin like you know like the major from ghost in the shell had a deal where she's a cyborg lady but she still has like clearly like skin skin because i mean she has she has normal ass tits she doesn't have metal she doesn't have like just giant circular metal boobs or anything i mean she does have giant boobs but not metal boobs (laughs) but yeah I mean, listen,
0: give me. I want the. What is it? The T1000. Give me that upgrade. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Where you can just turn into whatever and just make. Basically, just use that to make your boobs progressively larger and larger.
0: <laughs> I don't even care about that. I just want metal skin, and that goo seems like the best way to do it without getting all rigid. Ah, <laughs> uh, fair.
1: <laughs> yeah. In any case, Nt uh, is not thrilled to see the cat because the cat is a con. Because, you know, they know that because of the Tulip. <laughs> and the cat lasts at their pitiful point totals because they just started they didn't explain anything but when mt says that it doesn't matter what their points are like anyway because the cat's prizes are (laughs) trash because the cat is a scam artist uh yeah the cat then decides at that point to point out that the exit door is one of the prizes and that they need a thousand points to exit brutal yeah uh, what
0: happens if you gamble your two points on the wrong but game? Again, you just it, doesn't, stuck it doesn't look
1: like you actually gamble anything because they never bring up actually spending the points to, to like gamble them. Like it doesn't look like it's like <laughs> a like a casino kind of deal. It looks like you just have to the start and you just play whatever you want. <laughs> so it's like it doesn't look. Uh, like... I mean, I have to assume there's a function to lose them somehow. There has to be, to, but like we there's never. There's got to be a cost to play. Yeah, the game. but like we never see that. So who knows. <laughs> So yeah, the cat at this point points out a woman who's wearing a mask, who is trying her damnedest to get that many points, to try to also win the door, and explains that there can only be a single winner each month, so they cannot just walk through the door later on. Like even if they take time to accumulate a thousand points, even if the lady beats them, and she just explains the way, being like, well, it wouldn't be a game if there weren't stakes. So it's just an arbitrary rule the cat made up, I guess <laughs> Because <laughs> it's like, yeah I decided to just be a jerk about it because I'm the cat still <laughs> I might I might be a slightly decent person At times, but meh, I'm still the cat <laughs> <laughs> uh, To the cat's credit though They do at least offer them to be able to Combine their points, so this way they can both Exit And That is nice of her, yes Yeah. There's, like... a, there's at least that, like the cat is like Not making them both accumulate thousand on their own because they would not catch up to this mask Lady otherwise. Because, like, I think the Masked Lady already is at, like, something like 200, I think it was, roughly, based on where they were at. I'm drawing it, it yeah. blank. Like, I watched this episode just last night, but I don't remember the, what the point was like at the start besides them having to Yeah, I've got a...
0: Okay, it looks like Masked Person starts with 47.
1: So... Oh, okay. Not, not that much farther off. Like, they... I mean, it's obviously still, like, if they're working together, they would still have to, like, take it in terms of who wins to get more points anyway, so it's, like, it would still take them more time to both get to a thousand.
0: The masked person is very fast, though, because the second time we cut back to the scoreboard, they're already up to a hundred, so they just doubled their points immediately. I
1: mean, mean, she must just be gambling at all. If it is a gambling system, she's just doing double or nothing, I guess. (laughs) It's the only way that 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 makes sense to go that quickly. But yeah at this the cat then makes a public announcement of the two of them entering the contest for the door because i guess that's just the thing that gets announced when people are there there's also just a recurring bit where the cat just keeps offering people to take bets on it and it just comes out that nobody actually (laughs) bothered to bet on it at all (laughs) that's just how it goes it's like nobody bothered i guess she doesn't specify if you had to use cash or points i guess so we don't know which one would have been at uh, that uh <laughs> MP and jesse hurry off to play games but they're basically just always like one step behind the mask lady doing better <laughs> and they also have to at some points take moments away to get down dracula away from the crane game again because he still wants to dress. i don't know why like they could just let him do his thing i mean it would at least keep track of him if they were just leaving him there even though because like to their knowledge, like, well, no, they've seen him shrink already, so they can actually maybe assume that, oh, maybe he shrinks down and gets inside there, and then we have to get him out. <laughs> maybe, I mean, that is, spoilers, what happens later on, but, like, I guess maybe they're just thinking that and they don't actually say so at that point. But also, like, the two of them <laughs> like Alan Dracula, so they want him to hang out with them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But basically, at one point, they're playing one of those, like, uh, like water gun race things with a uh, Randall, uh, running the, the stands and they've learned that apparently passengers just earn more points than those who are just sent us into the train because it's just basically they design it that way because passengers have a greater need to make progress on the train so
0: yeah if the rule is that only one person can leave the, yeah. the car every month and it is a really important that that has to be the passenger
1: <laughs> yeah like it makes sense from that perspective it's still kind of shit though <laughs> Yeah, like obviously, sure. yes, you do want the passengers to be able to actually move around the train to, you know, do their whole like self-reflection thing to get off the train, you know, as most <laughs> as most people do on the train, <laughs> compared to some. But it's like, In theory. yeah, but it's still like it's still a little bit sucky, because it's like anybody that walks into this train car is like, um, I'm assuming the other door that they came from is still can just be open so people can leave that way, but anybody else on the train would have to wait a month and hope they get enough points to go and leave back towards the front of the train, I guess. (laughs) So that kind of sucks. I mean, I guess
0: if you had a month, it would be easy to build up the points, but then you're stuck in this carnival for a month. Yeah,
1: like you're stuck in the carnival for that long, eating like a bunch of like fair food for that long, which... Like a fate worse than death. I mean, fair food is all right for like the like day or so that you're at like a carnival on average or a fair, but it's like I wouldn't want to eat that stuff day in and day out for an entire month. oh uh, yes, I love
0: the taste of funnel cake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fun- my fu- funnel food. cake,
1: uh, deep fried, whatever the fuck, like Oreos or whatever. <laughs> some fairs is to serve beer then <laughs> it's like well it's beer or water and it's like nothing else okay well at least water is believe, useful
0: having been scrolling through the episode while we're talking about it the food stands i have seen have been popcorn fried dough and candy and that's it
1: yeah based on what we see near the end of the episode that tracks with what we see get taken <laughs> Which, again, makes sense if Jesse's, like, hungering for an actual meal or something like that compared to just whatever he finds in any car. Oh, there's a hot dog stand. Okay, there's that. But still, fair hot dogs is, like, kind of a gamble. <laughs> to be fair, I, feel, I find hot dogs in general can kind of be tend to be a bit of a gamble regardless. But also that's because, like, at times I just don't like how hot dogs are, like, made it's weird. it kinda of depends on the hot dog itself, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, in any case, uh basically empty walks off pissed after being offered to buy a donut holder by the Randall. <laughs> because <laughs> Randall's still doing that. Uh I thought he only had the one. I didn't know. I thought he had so a bunch too. I thought that they only had the one as well, that tulip pad. Maybe maybe they retrieved it after Tulip left the train. <laughs> <laughs> Unless Tulip kept it as a souvenir I don't know Maybe You don't think Tulip took her lead pipe with her? <laughs> uh, yeah, probably she actually did Yeah, She used it in the finale So she definitely had it We didn't see if she put it back in her bag when she left the train Yeah but yeah. Maybe they maybe they uh, tracked down the cat being like We need more donut holders to sell to people <laughs> Air quote sell Because the train doesn't have currency Yeah <laughs> <laughs> In any case, uh, Jesse catches up to MT and says that it, even if it's stacked a little bit against MT, like it's still two to one in their favor. Which, yes and no, because like I mean, the math person is still <laughs> ahead of them a lot. But yeah, it's you know he's trying to make the best of the situation. But then is still just focused on how everything on the train just seems to be stacked against them in particular, so that they just fail because that's just how <laughs> the train is designed for reflections in general, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Jesse at this point says that it doesn't matter because they're all going to leave the train together anyway once this number reaches zero, which of course uh, once this got said, I was like yeah, there's definitely going to be a problem there, huh? Because they they didn't mention if anybody else gets to leave the train when Tulip got to leave but I'm assuming it's just for passengers (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah no one else even tried because no. Atticus had a kingdom to go back to and one one was busy being a conductor so yeah
1: that, that's true yeah like even if they could leave like both of them are like no oh, we got ties on the train because one one has to run it and Atticus has a kingdom that is definitely in disarray and done a revolution against him within in his absence there's definitely been a I've... there's been an entire war going on in Corginia over the, lo- the line of succession <laughs> with Atticus gone because he didn't tell anybody he was leaving <laughs>
0: i really hope that one one gave him a good transport back to his car yeah all the way this way he
1: didn't take a whole fucking like two months to get back (laughs) afterwards (laughs) also i mean technically atticus did die like even though he's back alive like wouldn't his heir have to be the new uh king queen or whatever position of corginia like even if he comes back it's like well we already did the the, the ceremony to make them the new leader so <laughs> i guess has to fight a war against his child if he has one <laughs> <laughs> that's just going to depend
0: on the individual rules of succession for the kingdom which as we all know are stupid because monarchy is awful so it doesn't matter
1: fair enough <laughs>
0: They are all ridiculous and overcomplicated And don't bother paying attention
1: <laughs> Yep Yep everything coming out of like the stupid Fucking King Charles uh, Crowning is just so dumb <laughs> Just all those stupid fucking titles that all those Royals have so stupid But the sword of mercy The stone of whatever Importance whatever the fuck it was called and <laughs> It's like
0: I think there were four swords
1: actually <laughs> Oh okay. So, so you... okay so Where's the Minish Cap if you got the four sword <laughs> um. <laughs> you got, you gotta take the forcer and you gotta fight Vati. It's the only way. <laughs> Man, I wish they brought back Vati. Vati was a neat villain. <laughs> it's only been in two Zelda games. Uh, okay, let's see. The sword of
0: temporal justice, the sword of spiritual justice, the sword of mercy, the sword of offering, and the sword of state. There are five swords. <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, Monarchy is so much nothing. Uh, Britain. <laughs> I guess the UK overall, yeah. but still Britain. <laughs> In any case, uh, yeah. When Jesse says this, this surprises right MT that he'd want them to come with him, and then Jesse says it's because they're friends and he wouldn't leave them behind to the flex. At which point his number reaches four because yay, he's learning stuff. Yeah. Uh, I do want to note
0: at this point, Alan Dracula has turned himself into a barrel of pickles for some yeah, reason. Yeah,
1: yeah, I did notice that. I don't have any of my notes, but he definitely did do that. <laughs> well, it,
0: it's mostly notable because the barrel of pickles is labeled "Alan Dracula's pickles," which means he does know his name. Oh, I
1: didn't notice it that has his name on the side. <laughs> <laughs> So, if nothing
0: else, that's confirmation that he's okay with being called Alan Fair.
1: Okay, yeah. We, we finally have confirmation, I guess, that Alan Dracula is okay with being called Alan Dracula. Because <laughs> even <laughs> I was feeling not great about calling him uh, Dracula first and then Alan Dracula. Because, like, well, he's a deer, and, like, even though he's an animal, he's clearly... He's, he's still, like, different than most other deer to the point where naming him something without his consent felt a bit strange. But, yeah, at least it's good yeah. to know that he accepts it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In any case, they want to actually enlist Alan Dracula to help. I don't know if that actually would work because Alan Dracula doesn't have a points card, but apparently they just, uh, you know, fail at that because uh, while they're trying to win the the games faster than the Masked Lady by trying to recruit him, turns out that. uh, Wait, I'm getting lost in my notes. Hang on. My notes here are just dumb. My notes verbatim say they. They try and enlist Alan Dracula for help But fails and continue trying to win games Faster than the Mask Lady And eventually they manage to break a grand first There we go, okay I don't know why I was fucking up my long notes <laughs> ah. But yeah, they you NT know, tries to go out to the Mask Lady But then she distracts them Pointing out that their deer is missing And turns out that Alan Dracula did shrink down To get inside the grand game to eat the grass While they were distracted And the Mask Lady hits a grand While they're busy trying to get Alan Dracula out <laughs>
0: i will say and this is a very minor thing compared to everything else in the show mm-hmm. but the masked lady when she talks the lips on her mask move and that yeah, bothers like, me on a level that i just can't
1: before see. the reveal of who this is i thought that this was just like a actual just like uh denizen of the train and this was just like she was just like a mask person or whatever like as, mm-hmm. like that was like her like species or something and that's just how it worked because the train is fucking weird. But yeah, yeah. It, when it's pointed out that, yeah, like, spoilers for two minutes from now, this person is just an actual passenger, just normal human, yeah, the mask does have its lips move, which is weird. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe the mask is from a different train car, and that's just how the mask works.
0: <laughs> I think we have to assume that, yeah. lest we go
1: mad. Yep. In any case, they have to try the crane game a few times before they actually manage to get Alan Dracula out, which at least he doesn't squirm out when the crane grabs him. <laughs> Also, this is the quickest anybody's ever won at a crane game. I'll say <laughs> because crane games are stupid and rigged. Uh, but they arrive too late to cash in their points, so the masked woman wins. But turns out that this was all a ruse for her to be able to let a bunch of her friends in because she just opens up the door and then in a bunch of basically like not teenagers but like definitely like young adults who are just basically like roughhousing <laughs> around. They run amuck at the fair and basically just steal a bunch of food from the different uh, like stands and whatnot. Alas <laughs> Hooligans <laughs> uh, The worst case scenario on this train Yeah, Empty and Jesse confront The winner over how she only cared about letting her friends in And not actually making progress apparently And she explains that they're all just passengers Just doing what they need to survive Which again brings up more credence that Yeah, Jesse's probably just eating whatever he finds That is actually food and not real meals <laughs> If this is what <laughs> passes for the best case of food That they can find on the train at this point Yeah but but that's why they're just taking a bunch of food from the fair just because they're just trying to not die and she basically (laughs) tries to get them on their side with access to the door at which point the cat swears that she'll remember what the passenger who we now learn name is grace like the cat swears that she'll remember what grace and her friends did here and grace is basically like is like oh yeah it's ain't over between us either cat me like kind of just pulling her off (laughs) Uh, she then has one of her goons take them off to weather bases which is at some train car past this door like past this car basically at this point and as they go and head out she basically like tries to like pull out her like little makeup compact to adjust her stuff but she has to pull off her glove in the process and we see that she has a bunch of numbers all over her arm not to the same level that Amelia did but definitely the kind of person who's like not actually trying to get off the train and is making things worse, basically. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's that episode. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of criminals in this episode, but you know, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> well, I didn't see any judicial system on the parasite car to say whether Perry was breaking the law or not, but if it's the parasite car, I'm assuming that that's just the law in the parasite car. <laughs>
0: yeah that's fair actually let me look that up because the episode is called the parasite car but i don't know if that's actually what it's referred to as in official material yeah no they call it the flower car so he just happens to be there
1: <laughs> and therefore i guess it changes to be the parasite car unofficially <laughs> i mean yeah, it's, it's so. for the sake of the episode let me know that But like how like they didn't want to have like the family tree car be two episodes even though most of episode one and all of episode two took place there <laughs> kind of similar yeah. to also like how the past car is not an actual car but they call it that because it's a look down the past of the person's history episode
0: <laughs> yeah no i think that's uh i'm gonna be honest i like your episode a lot more oh than yeah I yeah like mine, yeah but...
1: <laughs> There's more going on, and it. it it alludes to other characters. I I know Grace comes back up again in other seasons as well, so it's like yeah, like it, it's establishing more things, and it's like it's similar to like uh, on the same scale as like the Chrome Car when we were introduced to MT in that one, and then MT becomes a major character yeah. in book two. And like yeah, like yeah. and again I mean, like
0: not to like spoil everything, but Grace is our protagonist for season three.
1: So... Oh, gotcha. I'm aware of that. (laughs)
0: Uh, Yeah, so that's. We had to establish her very strongly, and the way we did that was with a creepy lip mask. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, that's. um, I think that was a very solid set of episodes, Mm -hmm. even if mine left me with horror that I will not shake off.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. In any case, I'm pretty sure we have a question, right?
0: I believe that is correct. I am just navigating to it on Twitter, which is going very slow for me right now.
1: Uh, Our friend Emma Feely, or Emheely rather, uh, at Emma Feely on Twitter, asks us, have you ever won at a carnival game? Um, define winning. I assume that they mean, like, you participated in a carnival game and won a prize.
0: Well, then yes. Yes, I have.
1: Yeah, I have too. Uh, It's
0: just that it's, like, the intro baby prize, it's not the prize, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like, we can uh, can go back to our favorite bugbearer, Knoebels, in this equation here, because, like, Knobles has a bunch of games where it's, like, you basically win a prize every time like regardless but it's always like a tiny little like basically like dog uh, toy size thing it's like a little thing that i would basically like once i had ferrets at that point i basically would play those intentionally just to get them toys <laughs> basically being like here you go guys toy yay but like uh yeah with that stuff uh They also had, like, one that was, like, a, like, fishing game where it's, like, you had, like, just, like, a magnet thing trying to get fish and, like, you know, even stuff like, like, little, like, parachuting trooper dudes or whatever or, like, stuff like that, like, little nonsense. But, like, in terms of, like, if you're talking, like, actual fare where it's, like, you have to actually pay to play, like, the game and stuff and it's, like, you're playing against other people like that, yes, actually, because uh, I definitely actually won one of those, like, uh, water gun races where you have to, like, shoot the target to make the horse run. I don't remember what I oh. won, but I definitely remember I won one. <laughs> huh. Yeah.
0: Um, well, I also won a uh, water gun shooting game. Uh, <laughs> it was... it's going to sound like a non sequitur when I say it, but it's true. It was at the boardwalk at Ocean City, Maryland. <laughs> which is... Nowhere I have ever indicated that I live, but there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was one of those uh, you shoot the target and it blows up the balloon. And oh pop yeah, the balloon I, first I never, I never and...
1: played any of those. Like when they came to it, it was mostly just those ones of making the horse run. It's it's pretty amusing that we both won like water target games, but I mean we are gamers, so I guess that extracts.
0: <laughs> well, I was very young at this point. I was like
1: i don't know eight nine but... ah, okay like i think <laughs> i've been I was... a while
0: since i've been to new england
1: <laughs> yeah i think i was maybe like 14 or 15 when i won what i'm thinking of like i mean i i definitely have also won like some crane games and stuff that like, were actually like i guess those aren't necessarily at yeah, carnivals i'm mostly thinking of like there's definitely one at, like in the amusement park that i won after like Thinking something like eight dollars or something too, but I won it, because it's because I got so close the first time that of course it gives you that false sense of security, but I yeah. got it, mm-hmm. I got it in the end. And like, I mean, there's also like the various like few little crane games I played in my time in Japan where I won some of them. Although with those, I was mostly actually trying to play ones that were like, oh, I know my friend like Sailor Jupiter, and this is like one of those that it's like you can try to get like the Sailor Jupiter statue. So I was trying to get that for them, but I, I did not succeed with that because those are definitely not designed for you to win. Because <laughs> it's like, well, it's like you know something like a fifty something plus dollar statue, so of course they're designed to make you not win them. <laughs> well, yeah. 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 It's yeah, it's
0: amusing. I never did any crane games, so.
1: Yeah. I mean, crane games again. Like they're hit or miss at times. Like I mean, I mostly think back to like the the little like uh gentleman alpaca that I won in a crane game in Japan during the, like the last week I lived there, and it's like it was like a, just like you know like the it's like the classic like what you think of as a, an alpaca at, like drawn in like, like like Japan has like a certain like style of alpaca for some reason that is just everywhere, and it was like that as a little plushy, but it was wearing like, a little like top hat and a little bow tie. So he was a little mm-hmm. dapper guy, and like basically, as soon as I got home from Japan, like he fell down where he was propped up at one point while my ferrets were out. So they immediately made a beeline and grabbed them because they were like new toy. And it's like, well, I guess that's the end of the Packy for me. It's just the ferrets toy now. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I named him Packy the alpaca. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't remember what happened to Packy he definitely wasn't around still when i moved to north carolina i don't know maybe maybe Packy got so fucked up at some point maybe i threw him out and i forgot i forget (laughs) i don't know his hat definitely fell off i know that one point because it was basically just sewed onto his head and like with repeated bites of from ferrets to grab onto whatever they could usually actually the hat eventually just fell off (laughs) yeah
2: yeah
0: yeah The toy that I won from the game I played was a plush tiger, but it's very, uh, generic, I guess. I don't know how to put this exactly, but there's a very specific plush tiger toy that's almost always the thing when you get a plush tiger toy yeah, because I, I, there's so Yeah, I have, I,
1: have uh, I have an idea in my head of, like, what plush tiger looks like. <laughs> it's...
0: Uh... Weirdly, I'm having a difficult time finding an image of is it. it but... Is
1: it the tiger that's, like, it's in, like, the laying down position? Yeah, it's in, like, the laying yeah, down a... position,
0: and one paw is out further than the other. Yeah,
1: that's, like, that's like half the tiger plushies. The other ones are actually, like, standing up or something. But it's, like, yeah, like, most of them are, like, the laying down position. Because I, I think that's also, like, a... I think I had a beanie baby that was a tiger that had just that exact pose of just laying down. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Um...
0: This is pretty similar, but it's, so it's, it's, yeah, just like a laying down position and then it's got its paws crossed with one extended just a little above the other,
1: mm-hmm. but yeah, the,
0: of course the cheap ones are all just like bright neon orange. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yep, exactly what I envisioned. <laughs> Complete with the tail, like, curving around rather than just being stretched outward. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah uh thank you for the question em uh at that we didn't have any others so we'll get into trivia then because we have a good amount sounds like a plan uh right so first we have voice actors because perry is voiced by bill corbett aka crow t robot from mystery science theater 3k which i did not fucking catch until i read it and be like oh right duh (laughs) makes total fucking sense (laughs) Uh S-Sashay is voiced by BB Zahara Bennett, who I don't think is a voice actor, but they were uh, they were on Drag Race and basically the entirety of that like uh, runway car is just a big homage to Drag Race in general as well. Yeah. Like that's why they were chosen. Also, hi Ziki, yes, we know. Dinner time soon. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> Dinner time twenty minutes ago. Oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, so now it's actually she is justified now oh yeah this is not on her <laughs> this is on you at this point <laughs> okay hey,
0: listen we let the show go long. we
1: did we, we i was talking about gosh oh, hell too much <laughs> i guess that means i share some of the blame even though i can't feed ziggy <laughs> yeah okay in any case uh grace who i also found out her name is grace monroe when i was looking this up is voiced by kirby howell baptiste who was nicole mallory on veronica Mars. Dr. Mae Turner on Jurassic Park Camp Cretaceous, and Def in The Sandman. She has other roles, but those were like the ones I noticed the most that really stuck out in my mind, because apparently also Camp Cretaceous is actually a good. (laughs) That's what I keep hearing. Yeah, Which is honestly surprising, because like all other Jurassic Park stuff currently going on has sucked.
2: (laughs) 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 This to be fair, it's
1: just the fucking movie starring a fucking neo-Nazi, but still that's three movies yeah. of that and it's like well that's already half a jurassic park total not even including video games or sideshows like camp cretaceous but it's like yeah apparently camp cretaceous is pretty all right <laughs> <laughs> uh other stuff i have is that perry was originally created as a parasitic egg creature called a cowbird who would have replaced one one in an episode in book one but the idea was repurposed for the parasite car oh weird yeah strange but i guess they also had like way too much like kind of like world building just in terms of like infinity train as a whole to go over in that mm-hmm. to really cover and also because it's like i mean it, i guess there really would have been only been like one opportunity which would have been the crystal car for that they've been in there but they decided to do that instead uh, sorry i just
0: looking at kirby hall baptiste's work how did you miss invasion of the les body snatchers
1: <laughs> okay to be fair <laughs> I will be up front here, I had written down her name yesterday, and as you were doing your synopsis and getting to the end, I was like, shit, I didn't actually write down what Kirby had, the Batiste has been in, fuck, and I had to quickly go to her Google just to find a few. <laughs> That's on me, that's, fair, that's on me like, that's, I was lazy last night That feels like night. a name that should
0: have stood out
1: <laughs> I guess, but at the same time, I forgot to get it I meant to do it when I was at work, and I forgot That's on me <laughs> In any case, uh, the crew had hit, uh, apparently hidden that Bill Corbett was voice Perry from Madeline Kirpel, uh one of the show creators because she is a big uh, MST3K fan, and basically was reported as being absolutely starstruck when he entered the recording studio <laughs> the day that he was there <laughs> Just a little funny bit where they apparently hid it from her because they knew that she would freak out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh, scene of the cast annoyed that their costumes before going out on the runway was cut for time, which makes sense. It really wasn't necessary. Yeah, it was just kind of a yep. There. We, we know, we know, we know, Ziki. Mm-hmm. We're almost done. <laughs> she can- She's slapping me too now. She can't hear me, but I'm trying to alleviate her concern. <laughs> uh yeah jesse was originally named miles and the runway announcement of him had to be rewritten because it had previously been designed to rhyme with the name miles instead (laughs) it's also (laughs) amusing uh grace's photo apparently was on one of amelia's monitors back in the engine with her number also visible which i'm curious actually try to like actually look at that and see because like yeah it would have been a neat way to to have her like seated earlier on than when she's actually properly introduced in the show
0: Uh, i mean it is it's just that it goes by so fast that like
1: yeah like it's like there's so many pictures on there where it's like i'm sure some of them were probably just members of the crew or something like that that they just drew on there or whatever because it's still at the point to just bring up tulips (laughs) to send their uh doorway uh, basically, we brought it up briefly—the little like red blood cells fact that they get totally wrong in the episode. But apparently, the crew Googled this specifically so this way they could intentionally make it wrong for the sake of the show, which apparently annoyed uh, Owen's wife so much because she's a scientist, chem teacher, and doctor. And he explained it away <laughs> to her being that well, Jesse and MT aren't very smart. <laughs> Blame the characters in the show you're creating, rather than you choosing to make this wrong for the sake of a joke. I guess. Uh, another funny thing here I have is that apparently they were really excited to have Kate Mulgrew say the word buzz-o-toot, which is what she calls a like little uh, toy kazoo when she's showing yeah. off the prizes earlier. That we just skipped over. Uh, interesting bit here I have is that Khaki Bonds was originally going to have a much larger role in the episode because he was originally going to be the cat's assistant where the cat would have offered him for tickets to which Khaki would claim he's priceless but then the cat would just say his price is negotiable (laughs) (laughs) trying to sell off your own assistant I guess (laughs) Uh, and then uh, I have just two minor things here Alan Dracula was originally meant to get stuck on the roller coaster at some point but also that got cut for time I guess And the big stuff that I have to point out, because Cartoon Network are just jerks, as always, is that Jesse Mm -hmm. mentioning going to a powwow in the Lucky Cat car is apparently the only time in the show where his Native American heritage gets acknowledged at all, and that's explicitly Mm -hmm. because Cartoon Network were basically just dickheads and didn't let them be directly upfront about it. (laughs) So this is the only way they could basically sneak it in, basically.
2: And my
0: understanding was they recorded it under the pretense that it was supposed to go in a different scene and then snuck
1: it in here, so... Yeah.
0: Like, they were really dodging the network on that one.
1: Yeah. I mean, Cartoon Network, we know, has been a problem for a while. I mean, they did indirectly go Oh, yeah, no, yeah, okay. Yeah, Grace is right there, two away from Tulip, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Indicating that she she has a really high number because she has ellipses. Yeah. Fun. But yeah, I mean, as I was saying... Sorry like, to interrupt. No, now. it's okay. Like, I mean, like I said, I was I was curious to find that picture, too. I just didn't realize it was right there next to Tulip, anyway. Or two away from her. But yeah, in any case, we know Cartoon Network has been shit for a while. They, they just have been assholes for the longest time. They directly killed off Steven Universe, all because Rebecca Sugar didn't want to skimp on the fact that, you know, Ruby and Sapphire are a, a relationship in the form of garnet and yes they should probably actually get married and kiss in the show because they've been in a relationship they've been a couple for like six thousand years let them fucking do the thing but apparently yeah cartoon network is assholes (laughs) okay let's see what i
0: am seeing here is that it took seven months and the hiring of a cultural advisor to convince the network that it was okay for jesse to be apache and even then, the crew was given the restriction that they could make no reference to his heritage whatsoever. Oof. And so in order to get this line in, they pretended that this was going to be during a later episode called the Old West Car and slipped it in
1: here. <laughs> <laughs> well, get on the crew for uh, flipping Cartoon Network the bird in Wonder Garden. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, that's really intense. Yeah like it's very similar to because we talked about how owen dennis said that he wanted this to be a queer story but cartoon network wouldn't let him yeah and he ended up deciding to not say it in the show because it meant the story got to be told so
1: yeah which sucks <laughs> yeah like we we bring up at times how it's like it also sucked that like you know a lot of the reason why Owl house basically got killed off is because of the queer content because it didn't like fit the disney brand of kids and stuff but it's like They at least got to tell their story and they got to include queer characters, even if the show took a hit overall in terms of the length and stuff where things had to be rewritten and rushed but it's like it well
0: i mean that's the choice right yeah dennis could have done the same thing he could have made this an explicitly out and out queer show but it would have yeah he probably he would have only got decided gotten... to make the show yeah, yeah
1: probably yeah. would have only gotten like book one like maybe it would have been like 15 episodes or something as a whole or maybe it would have just been book one and two or something like that yeah yeah who knows
0: so yeah i mean it's a hard choice right because mm-hmm. you gotta Balance between wanting to actually be able to tell the story and doing what being
1: the net yeah do- doing and, what yeah. the network will allow you to. It fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. Like ultimately, I feel like this
0: worked out pretty well because even if they never say it, MT is obviously super queer. <laughs> oh yeah, no,
1: absolutely. <laughs> like without it, beyond the question of a doubt, it it's like yes, obviously. <laughs> yes. But yeah, it's like. Uh, At least it's, like, I mean, I would like to say that we at least have more shows that have been a little bit more, like, open with, like, stuff like that with representation, but it's, like, at the Mm -hmm. same time. The the two I was about to say are both done. (laughs) I was about to be like, well, I mean, we did get that bit of Sasha being by at the end of Amphibia, but Amphibia ended over a year ago, and then it's like, well, we had Owl House, but also Owl House ended a month ago, so, Yeah. yeah, it's like, well... we're basically waiting on what, like, the big, like, next queer animated show is, and knows when slash if it'll happen because of all the bullshit going on against queer people at the moment.
0: Yeah, and it is, like, it's important to remember when having this discussion, this is very questionable, I guess, about when we should be discussing it, but... Book four is the first book to have explicitly out and out queer characters on the yeah, show, I, and I, it's canceled after that. Yeah, so, I did. Like... I did
1: remember reading at one point that there was like a cannot- canonically gay couple in the in train at one point. Yeah, again, yeah that's again, Book 4, and then immediately, the yeah, show which canceled, again so. makes makes sense. Unfortunately, <laughs> that it's like yeah, that happened then. Mm-hmm. I know that was for the longest time, and like kind of also still is to this day, like a uh, bit of a like fan base. Still hoping that they could actually get a season five, but I feel like at this point it's too late. Especially with the fact that they tried to just fully scrub Infinity Train off the internet once before already. <laughs> uh uh-huh, Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Wait, see um, I wonder why that might be. Maybe it's because Cartoon Network hates the queers. <laughs> I don't
0: know, right? Because like, Book Four premiered in April 2021. It's been uh, two years. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not that that long. It's it's not been
1: know? it's not been too long ago, but it's also kind of been long enough. But like i don't know i guess that's also at the same point it's like well we know arcane season two is happening but also arcane season one was already like over a year and a half ago or something right because yeah. i feel like that was like end of 2021 but like i mean that show has so much production and like the character design and like the world and everything and it's all like has to be carefully created and everything it's not like they could easily turn that out quickly yeah <laughs> <laughs> And also, because like if it wasn't a major success, it's on Netflix. It would have been canceled by now if it wasn't actually a huge hit. <laughs> Just because of yeah, it, how sure. long it's taken, basically at this point. But I think I, I don't recall, but I think they had said that season two was supposed to start this year. But I could be wrong. Uh, no idea. Hmm. I think there's no official date, but I thought they had said that they were trying to aim for twenty twenty three. Well,
0: I hope they are ready because you know writers strike
1: yeah obviously. oh yeah also yeah also that <laughs> yeah and, you know we're behind that 100
0: percent. yeah strike obviously always strike in fact always strike never work but <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yes if they're not done
1: writing that's gonna throw a pretty big wrench in the works for 2023 <laughs> that's true yeah <laughs> But also at the same time, it's like, well, hopefully these CEOs learn something when they have a bunch of things go on TV that have shitty writing because they only had like some scab cover it and not have a team actually like proofreading and going over the stuff to see if it makes sense, or they ah, or, well. or they do the like thing that they always want to do of just making a bunch of AI scripts and stuff and just let that do it, <laughs> which is yeah, even worse. <laughs>
0: like the strike started, I believe, officially yesterday. And as of today, there are a whole bunch of CEOs going all in
1: on AI stuff. Yeah. So. <laughs> yep. Uh, one, one day we won't have to keep posting the how many times we have to tell you this old man gift from SpongeBob in relation to a bunch of this stuff.
0: Yes, and that will be the day we burn down
1: Capitalism. <laughs> well, we gotta get started on that then.
0: <laughs> that would be nice. Yes, I think we should do that. <laughs>
1: uh still so amusing for me to like see adam conover of like the larger uh like uh college humor bubble basically be on like a news network and say to their face about how their ceos are repaid <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny i'm actually seeing i saw him again because apparently he also <laughs> did a uh, little like psa <laughs> on twitter as well
0: <laughs> oh yeah he's very involved in all this yeah
1: which makes sense i mean it is a writer's strike and like I wonder. I don't actually. I'm trying to wonder if maybe that's actually going to affect like College Humor overall. And I guess like specifically Dropout.tv, TV because like, I mean, I feel, I guess it's slightly different because it's like they run like a comedy thing, but there's still obviously writing that goes into like, especially like Brennan's well, yeah. world building for the campaigns and stuff he runs for Dimension Twenty.
0: Well, the thing is, like, a series like that, it's all pre-pro, right? That, yeah. Like, They've absolutely already got Matt Mercer's entire series finished. Yeah, like,
1: that's been a while now that they've had that done, because Brendan had a beard in the clips from The Ravening War that they've shown. (laughs) He doesn't have a beard at the moment. (laughs) Well, that, I mean... Having a
0: beard and then not having a beard is easy. You can shave anything. True, true. It's like that... not having a beard and yeah. then having a beard. That's tricky. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's like it's like me thinking back to like uh, when they started uh, um, actually season eight. When I think Brennan was on the premiere of season eight, and it's like he doesn't have his beard. But I think they also mentioned that that was recorded like in late 2022. <laughs> yeah.
0: So on that level, stuff isn't going to be affected right away. Mm-hmm. But it depends on how long the strike goes. It may just delay everything they do in the future. Yeah, potentially. But I mean, I again, honestly don't know about Dropout because I don't know how many of them are Writer's Guild. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, if they need to, they need to because shit has to change. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. I th- yeah.
0: <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it, right? We don't have anything else to close this episode. No, nah, I, I
1: think we're done. I think we've made Ziggy wait long enough. <laughs> that's fair, yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, So, if you have enjoyed this episode and my unrelenting horror at being yurked, (laughs) you can find us on patreon.com slash usweirdoscast, where you can hear us talk about getting yurked every single week. Um, But, more saliently, I am on Twitter at patch underscore jacket, and on co-host at nobody, Um, and I'm... On a whole bunch of uh, RPG streaming shows through All on the Table at twitch.tv slash Transverse uh, Saturdays at 3pm Eastern. I have a 50-50 chance of being
1: there because I'm on half the games. <laughs> And as uh, always, I'm still at the underscore at the Vivian on Twitter and just at Vivian on Co-Host. At some point, I'll remember Co-Host exists because I still have not really posted anything there for a while. Uh, that I may become very important very quickly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, I'm going to at least also try during this weekend to see if I can figure out what's going on with getting access to the actual you know podcast twitter on my phone again yeah, that would be good. because i'm the one that has access because i'm the one that runs it <laughs> so i kind of need to be able to actually access that for the moment as long as twitter continues to somehow against all odds, survive just so i can actually post anything <laughs> about the podcast on there <laughs> rather than having to use my own be like well this is the best i can do to remind people we record today and you yeah, please get into the questions <laughs>
0: And listener, tur- I make you this promise: we will never go to Blue Sky.
1: We hate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's man watching the whole like, t- like maybe like three hours long fascination with Blue Sky that people had before everybody's like, oh, this is actually a fucking nightmare. Anything you post here, they own. This is the worst. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. the immediate flipping back of like, actually no. <laughs> it's very amusing to watch. <laughs> Yeah, that
2: whole, we
0: own the rights to everything you put here in perpetuity, really. (laughs) Yeah,
1: also it's like just because this is a site not run by musk doesn't make it necessarily better because it's still run by jack dorsey and jack dorsey was still running twitter into the fucking toilet before he bailed
0: <laughs> yeah yeah you know i mean like he's still an evil billionaire he's yeah,
1: just a different evil like billionaire. He, he was still directly responsible for a bunch of nazis and transphobes on their site not ever getting into trouble and constantly banning a bunch of trans people so it's like it's only escalated since, because turns out when you have one Nazi give over control of a site to an even bigger Nazi, it gets worse. <laughs> Especially also when the yeah. larger Nazi doesn't have a fucking clue how to run anything without it immediately exploding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but don't worry, guys, it was meant to explode. I, I, I'm I waiting for when people try to claim that whenever Twitter does fully die, of being like, No, guys, don't worry, that was the plan all along, Twitter was meant to blow up. <laughs> Just like the rocket. <laughs>
0: I mean, it might be the plan.
1: The way things are, it could like maybe he's trying to hope that he can like get some like tax write-off or something like that if Twitter explodes within a certain time frame after he bought it. I don't know how the stuff works, but at the same time, neither uh, does he. <laughs> so,
0: the thing is, is that Twitter is by far the most accessible tool for communication on a mass mm-hmm. level and organization so it's very good for the nazis if that goes away yeah the only reason the only reason that i don't think musk is doing that is because i think he's too stupid <laughs> oh yeah like
1: it's it's much like how like people keep bringing up of like oh what where we have to deal with trump or desantis in the white house and it's like if i have to have a gun pointed in my head and pick one of them it's trump 100 percent of the time because trump is fucking stupid and never got anything accomplished as a result besides you know progressing more terrible shit like throwing kids in cages but it's like Overall, he didn't really accomplish a whole lot because he was just so fucking stupid and kept putting his foot in his ass all the time. Whereas DeSantis is smart enough to know how to fucking fuck shut up. Oh,
2: uh. Well,
1: I mean, he's rambling about this stuff to Florida, but nobody cares. But it's like, he at least knows when to shut up more compared to Trump.
2: Well, uh. <laughs>
0: I mean he did publish a biography like he, he, a couple to weeks be, ago to be that fair, gave he, he, Disney
1: the exact evidence they need against him in their Fair, lawsuit. He did, but also Trump has put out a bunch of other books that people have used in cases against him, I think, too. <laughs> Yeah, but not right at the
0: moment when the enemy
1: needed uh, the Also most. true. I mean, he definitely also has those, like, trademark infringing hats that say DeSantis in the Disney logo text, and it's like, that is asking for another lawsuit, too. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure Disney has that font locked the fuck down in a bunch of copyrights and trademarks.
0: Anyway, all of this is to say uh, Biden has definitely put more kids in cages than Trump ever did. Oh, yeah, no, but, we know that for a fact, uh, he's yeah. He's smart, so he gets away with it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, smart, quote unquote, you know, uh, smart for a politician.
1: Everybody looking forward to the election next year. Yeah. Yay! Hey, I'm so glad he decided to run again. Yeah, after he told us back when he was running the first time that he wouldn't go for re-election because he's fucking lied about everything. Yay! I love how he's completely
0: untrustworthy as a person.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. It's-
0: that's my favorite part about him he just says what he thinks <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: yep still recall <laughs> okay. his fucking oh. terrible uh covid is over declaration where he's like well we'll still have to deal with it for a long time but the covid pandemic's done and it's like my guy do you not fucking see the contradiction he's just <laughs> ah. said <sighs>
2: but yes okay um
0: that's probably enough of our uh griping uh, uh, political nihilism <laughs> Because who knows what it'll be like in four weeks when this episode goes out? Yeah, so. you know,
1: I mean, to be fair, we've been saying that for like half a year at this point. Of like, this could be the last time we actually post about the show on Twitter. Who knows? It's, well,
0: it's. I'm not saying that here. Like, I fully believe that Twitter will be around for a while yet. It's just that because it is the way it is, there's no way of knowing. Yeah. We've seen it come close to the edge enough times that I don't think it's just gonna explode one day without us realizing it, but. <laughs> it, yeah, it
1: could. I mean, yeah, just in the last couple days is when people are like, what the fuck is going on with Twitter logging me out and then I can't log in with my different accounts? <laughs> Case in point, i yeah. my point of that. <laughs> I can log on to the show Twitter on my computer, just not my phone, for some fucking reason. I know what the password is. I know what the email is. <laughs> and yet, <laughs> because Elon Musk is a fucking incompetent boob, I can't get access to it. Mm-hmm. I'll try to figure it out. <laughs> I would... I, man, I really miss the days when there were just actually little Twitter apps that would run Twitter that were not the Twitter app because, you know, you could actually get ones like the one I used, Talon, which just blocked a bunch of ad stuff automatically and also wasn't garbage. Like the Twitter app is I miss but that why stuff Why wouldn't you want to use
0: the default Twitter app Because I, I don't want to Use the default Twitter app And I only blocked 11,000 advertisers
1: <laughs> For that explicit reason <laughs> I use Twitter <laughs> on my freaking um, Browser on my phone these days Because it's like Well if my decision is I were to use it on this So at least I can put extensions on To block that shit Or run it on the Twitter app And it's like well this is a no-brainer. I'm gonna use it on the mobile app, I guess, or not the mobile app, the, the mobile browser. I mean, <laughs> <sighs> I miss Talon. Talon was so good. I could change the text and the background to be the colors I wanted. <laughs> so of course I had like purple with yellow text because non-binary. <laughs> uh, all you need is dark mode. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but yes. Um... Twitter is a thing, and we may or may not be on it, depending on whether it still exists in the future. The end. Yep. Uh, I think with that weird downturn at the end of an episode, <laughs> <laughs> there's not much left for us to say. But,
2: <laughs> but remember, us weirdos have, have to, sit to stick together. together.
1: And Ziggy needs her food! <laughs> Bye! Bye. <laughs>